Blog Talk Radio. For the Bobby Eaton Show, yeah. giving you information you'll want to know, speaking on issues affecting us all, and music for the soul. Yeah. It's the Bobby Eaton Show. Bobby. It's the Bobby Eaton Show. Bobby. It's the Bobby Eaton Show. Bobby. It's the Bobby Eaton Show. Hello, world. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good morning. Or wherever you at on this globe. Hey, welcome to the Bobby Eaton Show. That's right. And this is where we tell our stories our way, and that's the only way I know how to do it, Sansa That's the only way I've ever known you to do it. Oh, hey, yeah. we gotta tell you, this is a this is a platform where we can do that. That's right. Not controlled by any type Anybody. of system or nothing. We just say what we want to mm-hmm. say, do what we want to do, mm-hmm. and have fun doing it. That's right. That's and right. and usually we're right on point. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we tell the truth. That's we right. tell the truth and nothing right. but the truth. So, hey, okay. if you're listening, you can dial at number 646 716 5525. And don't forget to press the one button. And hey, tell your family, tell your friends, tell everybody. Ain't that right, Sansa? Right. Hey, what's going on with the weather, girl? Hot, hot, hot. I've been burning hot. up today. Well, we're steadfast at 95 degrees, but the heat index is about 101, 102 right now. Tomorrow morning, you're going to wake up at 75 degrees. We're going to get to a high of 93, and the heat index may climb around 105, oh, my 104, goodness. somewhere around there. Mm. But, you know, like I always say, don't put away the umbrellas. They're predicting that Friday, when we wake up to 70 degrees, it will only get to 87 degrees, and a big possibility that we're going to get some rain. Gonna be some rain, huh? Rain on your head. You know, that's what I always I say always about say. you. So I'm not going to be able to sit out on the. Well, uh, it, it, it kind of depends. Drink some coffee in the morning like well, I normally do. It is going to kind of be north, but, you know, stick around 15 minutes. You know yeah. we're going to get it. it. It's probably not going to be long. It probably won't no. stay, huh? Yeah, I don't think it will. Well, they're predicting that maybe Saturday we'll wake up at 69 degrees. We'll only get to a high of 85. And then starting uh, Sunday, we'll have partly cloudy skies. You'll wake up to 68 degrees. We're going to get to a high of 88, so that's really pleasant for us. 88. Yeah, but it's going to start skyrocketing starting Monday. Monday, Mm. you wake up 71, 90 degrees. Tuesday, you wake up 75 and a high of 93. And you know whenever it's in the 90s, mid to upper 90s, we're going to get that heat index. Wow. So, you know, and and I'm hoping that it doesn't, you know, I got a gig at a a pool. uh, You got a pool party to do? Yeah. The one you normally do? No, this is a different one. Okay. That one's coming up. But this oh, you is do a brand so all new the pool parties and stuff. Hey, yeah. I need to be jumping in a pool with you. I know that's okay. right. But right. you know, I, I, I've got to leave right afterwards and go down to Salisbury and pick up my dad. Okay, you going down there? And then we going to out of You remember that Oklahoma. night we went and rolled down there? Yes, we got my, niece, my nephew. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> we <laughs> were going them down that yeah, little country road. I feel, I feel like a kid now, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah, that was funny. No, it was funny. No. And they fun. are doing spectacular. Jesse, the younger one, yeah. he's really into the political realm. He's raising out in money California out now? in California. Yep, he's in Riverside along with Chris. They're both doing exceptionally well. well they were good, good guys. They're I good could kids. tell. They were good, good kids. kids. They just needed like to get that. out of that country. Yeah, out of the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because when you're young that. like that, you want to be vibrant. You yeah. want to have some action. Yeah, that's true. And I don't think it was happening in and California. They're, like they're Cali born, so you know you can't just. Yeah, they were born and raised. In, in California. Mm-hmm. So they were ready to get back, huh? Yeah, they were ready. That's good. Yeah, That's a good ready. thing. Good good information to yeah, hear. Yeah. So let me ask you, Bobby. Yeah. What did you think of that debate last night? 
Well, I didn't really watch it. You didn't? To tell you the truth, well, I didn't really some, get into it. Tell, give me some highlights. Tell me what's going on with the political you aspect. Because, you know, I, Democrat, Republican, I don't deal with either one. I don't care, really? you know. Well, I'm just kind of like, I, it just depends on what it is. So are you an independent? Or, I well, mean, how I, are you voting? I, I, I'm, I've been voting in the past all my life Democrat, yes, you know. Here. But I'm understanding that things have changed, and it's a little bit different now. So you got to be kind of careful which way you vote. I vote for the person who can gain my interest. Who can of, get, of things right, done get things done, Get things done, yeah. I, I do in vote the right now. direction. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, we know you do. We yeah. know you're a, a big advocate for all of our children, as I am, to once you turn 18, get registered. And then once you get registered, every opportunity you have to uh, vote, please do that. It is your patriotic duty. People die for that right. That's right. They die. But as mm-hmm. far as the what, um, what did you come up with? You watched night. it. I, I know you. Little, I well, know you be watching them politics. So I already yeah. know what you watch. Well, I really didn't watch a whole lot of it uh-huh. last night because I went to an you know I auditioned for another play. Oh, so they had here we go. Last night, mm-hmm. so kind of check that out. Kind of threw me off. But from what I understand and what I got off the internet, Sanders and Warren they kind of presented a united front against all those conservative candidates and moderators that Sanders he accused of using Republican talking points. And, of course, it was a tough night for John Delaney. He was consistently polled at 0%, and that's despite spending lots of his money on an effort to run as a moderate in the race. Well, Tuesday night, he did suffer a lot of blows, and uh, CNN seemed to repeatedly steer him into fight after fight with the progressive frontrunners. At one point, after uh, Delaney finished speaking, Warren said, and they kept playing this over and over, so I, I did see this. And uh, Elizabeth Warren said, you know, I don't understand why anybody goes to all the trouble of running for president of the United States just to talk about what we really can't do and shouldn't fight for. Oh, my goodness. Really? The applause, they just went wild. Did they so shortly thereafter, okay. and, and shortly thereafter, you know, Wikipedia, it was updated, and they said that uh, Delaney had been murdered by her words. <laughs> and, really? and, and and also they have to you know how they have to put a little bit of shade on you. Uh his net worth is is approximately sixty five million dollars and that would be affected by Warren's proposed wealth tax. Mm-hmm. So you know he's just and you know who really struck me? Who? She I don't really think she has any chance. The girl be on point on who? some of the things she said. Marianne Williamson. Oh. Yeah. I think some of them are wasting their money. I'm well, trying to get a- Popularity. They yeah. They're just trying to advertise she themselves because really they a, know they're not going to have a, ch- a chance in hell of winning. That's true. I think they just want to get out they there get, and let people know who they are. Minute. Yes. Because yeah. she. Um, That's all that is. Give me some of that really money. She doesn't really have any uh, political background. Well, she did um, run as a single independent for for the House, but that didn't come around. But she had a lot of minutes, and she had the audience just. Roy with with applause. Really? Yeah, despite even having the second least amount of time of any of the candidates, she spoke about the lack of clean water in Flint, Michigan, and her belief that it wouldn't have happened in a white community like Gross Point. Is she oh. right or wrong? Oh, she said right. that she girl right now. I agree with her yeah, on that one. Yeah, now. she also spoke yeah. about her support for reparations for slavery. Oh, really? Calling, calling it a quote unquote debt that is owed to African Americans in this country. She uh, received perhaps her loudest cheers of the night after explaining her support for universal free college and questioning why some of her fellow candidates 
were on that particular stage. Why are you here? Mm. She said, I've heard some people here tonight, and I almost wonder why you're Democrats. You seem to think there's something wrong about using the instruments of government to help people. That is what government should do. All policies should help people thrive. That's how we will have peace, and that's how we will have prosperity. So, you know, she wasn't the only one talking about reparations. They all kind of, you know, Beto O'Rourke, he raised it during a discussion on what moderator Don Lemon called President Trump's bigotry. Mm -hmm. What he said was that he wanted to acknowledge something that we're all touching on, the very foundation of this country, the wealth that we have built, the way we we became the greatest country on the face of the planet. And you know how that happened. Was literally, he said, on the backs of those who were kidnapped and brought here by force. He said the legacy of slavery and segregation and Jim Crow and suppression is alive and well in every aspect of the economy and in the country. So he he went to uh, he said if he's president he wants to form a committee. But there go my girl again, Williamson. She scoffed at the idea of studying the issue. She said we don't need no commission to to look at evidence. It's time for <laughs> us to simply realize that this country will not heal. All that a country is is a collection of people. People heal when there's some deep truth-telling. We need to recognize that when it comes to the economic gap between blacks and whites in America. It does come from a great injustice that has never been dealt with. Mm. She's right. I mean, the things that she's talking about, we as people can identify what it is. is the it system can assist. Is that really your platform? Well, mm-hmm. yeah, and I want to know, is it really your platform? I mean, so far, I'm kind of, it's still kind of juggly. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I like Elizabeth Warren because she's straight out happy. Well, she's got some things in place for to like do. Kamala. Yeah. You know, with the with the exception mm-hmm. of her prosecution life back there, which I didn't agree with, but you know, she. I just don't know. I so. I just, and I just don't know if uh, America's ready for uh, yeah. a woman. President, a woman president. I don't know. You know, look here, can't be lucky to get Obama. A woman can't be any worse than what we got right now. Well, I think I don't. You know, to be honest with you, you, so. But you know what? I, I, I'm I'm glad Trump got elected. You know, I always say that. Yeah, I'm so glad because Mm -hmm. he made he's making a lot of us Mm -hmm. wake up. That's right. You know, but we like because Mm -hmm. Obama had us passive. You know, mm-hmm. we kicked back. We got a good brother and sister in there, and they just got, uh, you know, Earth, Wind, and Fire playing at the concerts mm-hmm. and different mm-hmm. stuff. And they, had, they, sw- the they had swags, but they yeah. couldn't do anything right. because he had his hands yeah, tied. The Republicans said he, straight you know, out. They straight out because, you we know. ain't going to support nothing you do. You know, they didn't have the Congress. Mm-hmm. He didn't have mm-hmm. the Senate. But now we got a clown in office. Yep. Who who exposed? He <laughs> took his sheet off. Yeah, he you did. know he took his hood off and caused you know, a lot of other folks to take their yeah, sheets off. And they got beat, you know, so they started uh, flexing. Mm-hmm. You know, they flexing, and so you can see the division yep. uh, that he's brought about. A lot of division, and a lot of black people are starting to really look at the system and say, "Uh oh." We mm-hmm. gotta do something. Mm-hmm. We need mm-hmm. to do something. So you see a lot of people starting to uh, just, get together. I just don't understand. He is so so trailer trash. I mean, this latest um, tweet that he did about uh, Don Lemon. Yeah. <laughs> did you see that? Oh uh, yeah. He's always Don Lemon. talking about Don Lemon. He said Lemon. the dumbest man on television. Is what he said. Insinuated last yeah. night while asking a debate question that I was a racist when in fact I am the least 
racist person in the world. Perhaps someone should explain to Don that he's supposed to be neutral <laughs> and unbiased and fair. Uh, he is being yeah. neutral and unbiased. Yeah, man, come on. Ain't nobody falling for all that. Yeah. Mm. But we got a great show today. Ooh, yes, yeah. we do. Yes, we, we do. do. HBCU Barbecue. Woo! At B.S. Roberts Park, Langston mm-hmm. University, across oh, the street. I can't wait. Bill White's in the house. Yes. Woo-hoo. And we're going to be bringing Bill on in just a minute. We're going to be yes. talking about some things. Very interesting man. Yeah, he is. We're going to be talking to him about a lot of things yes. that's going on that he's, that's been quite in, a life. that he's been involved with, in which some of you may mm-hmm. not know. But we're going to be talking about that in mm-hmm. just a little bit. Mm-hmm. So we're going to take a break. Take a break. Call that number. What number is that? 646-716-5525. Email, text, Instagram that number, or just Google the Bobby Eaton Show. Right. Once again, that number is 646-716-5525, where you can listen to the Bobby Eaton Show. Bill White's in the house. He's we'll be right house. back. Whoop, 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 whoop. Many things that held us down But now it looks like things are finally coming around I know we've got a long, long way to go And where we'll end up, I don't know But we don't let nothing hold us back We're putting ourselves together We're polishing up our legs Don't you let nothing, nothing, 
Ain't no stopping us now. Hey, and in the studio, we got Mr. Bill White. What's going on, Bill? Hey, hey, glad to be here. Let me get you up right there. You glad? What's going on with you? Oh, there we go. There we go. We got you in the house. How you been, man? Been very, very busy trying to get this uh, HBCU uh, barbecue off the ground. The very first one is it's exciting. It's exciting, huh? Yeah. Well, I'm excited for you, man. And, uh, you have, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. You know, we've been looking over your resume and reading things and stuff like that. Tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, first of all, I got to say, I'm glad to be here because you've been trying to get me on forever. Forever. (laughs) And I've been trying to avoid getting on, not because I didn't want to come on. Yeah. I, I like to try to fly underneath the radar and everything you I'm doing. You want to be low-keyed up under yeah, the back. Yeah, because huh? you know, you know Tulsa oh, well, I'm is, not going to let you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're going to have to come with it. But, man, I'm just glad to have you here, man. Yeah, yeah. Finally, you finally, know. Finally, finally. I'll tell, tell you a little about my, myself. Um, my mom and dad, originally from Portland, Oregon, um, we – my dad was from Arkansas, and him and his family and my my mom, they uh, migrated out from – my dad's side migrated from Arkansas, Little Rock, uh, across Arkansas, out to um, out to Portland to work in the shipyards during World War II. Okay, World War II. Yep, yep. I uh, lived in Vanport, and my mom, her family came out from uh, Texas and on out to California and then m- migrated up to Portland as well. Again, to work in the shipyards, her her mother and her aunts were like uh, Rosie the Riveter. Okay. So they worked in the, the shipyards and mm-hmm. and they worked there and and they decided they didn't want to come back to the segregated South, Jim Crow South. They felt they had an opportunity living in, in Oregon, so they stayed out there until the Vanport flood, uh, in which the area of where the the workers and predominantly African American folks lived, they uh, mysteriously had a big flood. Uh, a dam supposedly had had uh, broke and it flooded their whole area and it just destroyed all the, everyone's livelihood and so they had to move out of out of this area called Vanport into further areas of Portland and then that area uh, of Portland was called Albina Albina neighborhood and still during segregation time they only could live in certain areas you know that red you know that typical stuff red line y'all only uh, could yeah, live in certain sure. areas. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can remember my mom telling me a story about how they wanted to move into a certain house. They thought this house was so beautiful. And they went to the front door, and the lady saw them coming up and wouldn't open the door for them. And so I always think about that when real estate and things of that nature of how important it is for you to have cash and have your stuff together in order to make a, make a change. So I lived in Portland. I uh, have two older brothers, um, Charles and Marcus White. Uh, they're about four or five years older than myself. Okay. Um, went to a great high school, Grant High School, a student body president, played played uh, basketball. Some of my good friends were McDonald All-Americans. One one kid that I played with, he played for um, Minnesota uh, Timberwolves for years, Terrell Brandon. Mm-hmm. Um, from there, I ended up following my brothers to going to Morehouse, um, graduated from Morehouse with a BA in uh, real mm-hmm. estate. Had a great opportunity living in Atlanta. Loved, loved, loved Morehouse, loved Atlanta. I think one of the highlights of going to uh, Morehouse was not just all the different all the different brothers I got to meet, 
but uh, hearing Nelson Mandela when he first graduated. Oh, you got a chance to hear Mel- Nelson? Nelson Mandela when he first oh. got out of prison. Oh, that's great. He oh. said one of the first places he had to come to was to come to Morehouse to, to pay homage to Dr. King for all the things mm. that he did. Mm. So it was a real intimate setting. I still actually have my tickets uh, from um, going from uh, hearing uh, Nelson Mandela speak, but he was there's only maybe 1,000, 2,000 people that got a chance to hear him and Winnie talk, and they mm-hmm. talked for about three or four hours straight wow. about what they went through and everything they're doing in South Africa. Um, then graduating from Morehouse, I ended up going, coming, going, moving back out to Portland, and I thought about going to law school. I worked as a courtroom clerk, and I found out the law was not my forte. I did you not. I couldn't get with what, it. What was it about the law that you just couldn't get with? Man? Well, you know, one of the things that um, – disturbed me was I was a traffic courtroom clerk. And so every day you see hundreds of people come in and have questions about, you know, I got this felony ticket. I got a ticket for speeding, all this other kind of stuff. But one of the things I kind of noticed was whenever there was a felony, um, they oftentimes would have, I see the brothers come in time and time again, and they would say, well, I can't pay my ticket and have a, some type of discourse with the, with the judge. And the judge would say, well, you know what, this is your third or fourth time. If you can't pay, we're going to put you in jail because it's maybe a felony or something that wasn't serious, but mm-hmm. they couldn't pay the bail or the fine because – And he would put him in incarcerated right there. He huh? would put him in jail say, well, you have an option. You can go to jail for three days in order to pay, you know, for your ticket to be to, – to, to pay for your fine, or you can just pay your ticket. Which one do you want to do right now? And, the, and usually you know, the brothers were like, well, I, don't, I ain't got no money. I guess I got to go to jail so I can get this thing out the way. The problem was that too many times I saw uh, white defendants having the option saying, well, you know what, judge, I got a job. My family can't afford for me to be in jail. And the judge would say, well, why don't you go ahead and set it up where you can go to jail on the weekend so you can keep your job, keep your family intact, mm-hmm. and then you can, you can work your time off that way. And I saw not just once, twice, I said, well, what's, what's going on with this? Mm-hmm. So I mentioned it to the white, white privilege, huh? It, it basically. Mm-hmm. And so I mentioned to the judge and judge like, what, what are you talking about? I said, that doesn't seem what, what you're doing isn't, isn't, isn't right. So, and seeing that that kind of uh, decision making of the judges, how how they affected people's lives, I said, I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm ready to fool with this. But at the same time, though, I was I was trying to find purpose in life, and I knew if I went to law school, for me, it wasn't about the law; it was about making money. So I said, Well, you know, God, I don't know if that's that's what I need to do. So I ended up uh, feeling led to come to Tulsa and went to Raymond Bible Training Center for two years. I uh, got a diploma in the Ministry of Helps and went back out to Portland and started church. And we did that for about 10 years. Uh, and when I was in Portland, I did several things. I was an insurance agent, um, insurance adjuster. Did, I was an auctioneer. I did a little bit, little bit of everything. I even um, ended up moving a house from about okay. – interesting story with that. This, <laughs> this lady um, I met at an, at an auction, and she wanted me to move her house. Move her house. Move the entire house. Okay. So you know me, I'm not I'm not one to say no to anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I said, yeah, I can do that. Mm-hmm. And so from there, um, I figured out who I needed to contact and got all the different permits. And so uh, it, we ended up moving the house uh, because it was going to be knocked down. So the, the owner said, well, give me a dollar for the house. You can have it. So um, I went and found out and researched and got all the contractors lined up, and we ended up moving this house maybe two miles uh, down into another part of the city. And it was such a great experience of seeing all these things come together, especially a house, because you're not talking about like a little, a little, a little two by two house. This house was 
27, 27 um, feet tall and about 27 feet wide. So it took up a whole lot of, of the street, and you had to cut some trees, and it was just, it was. An, <laughs> so it was, you you moved the entire house to as one or as did you, one not unit, in piece, not right? in pieces. Okay. So we put some steel beams underneath the house, and they put it on a, a lift and spun it out and put that thing slowly down the street and had to go through a couple turns and it it was it was a major major uh, operation it took 8 out 8 to 10 hours to do it wow. so it, it was it was interesting and i i learned a lot so i was, I was thinking i said man i'd like to try to do that again but um you know it's it's just interesting that's a challenge it it it, it, yeah. it definitely is and and when i was here in Tol- when i came actually came to rama i met my wife uh candy white I, she was miss black tulsa at the time yeah, yeah i know love yeah. at first sight for I, me it was i can t- I, I can tell you <laughs> <laughs> For her, she's like, ah, you're all right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So we we became candy. She's a sweet lady. Man. Yeah, very yeah. very sweet, uh-huh. very sweet. I love love with all my heart. And mm-hmm. and with that, so we end up um, staying friends for years. I ended up moving back out to Portland, and okay. we ended up getting married. And she moved out to Portland uh, with me uh, a couple of years later. And I've um, been to Portland before. Yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful beautiful hey, city. Rain, huh? Yes, it rain. It's green. It's green. It's green. It, it's it's green. green. Yeah. You talk about green country. This something yeah. nothing on that. Portland and Seattle up that way. Portland, Seattle, fresh fish, fresh fish, fresh oh, yeah. everything. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's a it's a it's an interesting. I always tell people Portland is almost the opposite of Oklahoma in a lot of regards, mm-hmm. uh, especially politically. What it, do you think is the difference? I think. Um, one is they don't have the it's it's a more of a, homo, a homogeneous population that you don't have as much diverse population and because Oregon was originally one of the uh, a state that was supposed to be specifically for whites mm-hmm. period and so they had wrote that into their constitution that there was no mulattoes or blacks could own property in in Oregon whatsoever mm-hmm. so you know as a as a place begins that's how they continue to uh, perpetuate that whole cycle and system that they have. And so, you know, you're talking about a population of millions, maybe two or three million people, mm-hmm. population of minority or African-Americans, maybe uh, 4%, if that 1%, mm-hmm. it's very, very small. Right. And then once you get outside the city, it's even smaller. Mm-hmm. Big corporate businesses like Nintendo and them are up there, right? Yeah, yeah. A Nike's lot. there, Nike's Adidas, and, yeah, Reebok, all of them. Some big corporations, wow. yeah, they're yeah. up there. Yeah, they, they, I call it, they like being up in Fungus Corner. <laughs> <laughs> fungus Corner. <huh? laughs> a lot of funny. A lot of moss girls up on those trees up there. Right. Wow. A lot, a lot of mountains. So, and then uh, after a period of time, um, we decided to move back here to Tulsa. Candy, being all her family's from Tulsa, and all my family's in Oregon, uh, we we felt it was time to um, to move back here, and uh, we've tried to hit the ground running ever since, and it's been. Um, it's been very interesting coming back because I did not really want to come back to Tulsa. And <laughs> I, I jokingly tell her, I said, the only reason I'm coming back to Tulsa is because you guys got the internet down there. Okay. Uh, before, in the, in the early 90s, there was no internet. But, uh-huh. but now I said, you know, with the internet and everything else, I can feel like I'm part of the rest of the world. Yeah, you had the internet up in Portland, huh? Well, not not in the night, you know, still just coming on board. Coming out, yeah. yeah, yeah. So so yeah. now you know talking I, about that AOL and stuff. Exactly. You, go to, <laughs> you got mail. <laughs> yeah. and, so, and oftentimes I go down to to uh, the central library when I lived here. I would go and read the newspapers because I always wanted to feel what was going on. Because uh, to me at the time, the news cycle in Tulsa was so uh, slow and it was it, it, mm-hmm. I just couldn't get with it. So I go and read what's going on in the New York Times or. Wall Street Journal and just try to keep myself abreast of what's going on in the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. But, you know, with the Internet, it, it really keeps you abreast of what's going on instantly in another part of the world. So, um, 
you know, it, it's been, Tulsa's been good. Um, you know, had a lot of interesting projects, a lot of, um, just a lot of different things I've been trying to do and promote um, positive African-American images here in Tulsa. Now, there is an image right down on Greenwood right now that you had something with that mural that right there in front of the cultural center. You had something to do with that, right? Yeah, I did. It I did. was a Bill White project, wasn't it? It, it was. It was a brainchild that I had. Um, I worked with. I worked with a, a gentleman, Chris Rogers, because um, I'm not a muralist. Uh, some I'm not artistic at all, but I I see what I see in my head, and I try to get plug people in to convey what's in my head. And initially. Um, the thought was I wanted something that had almost like a postcard because in my mind, I know the old murals hadn't been touched up for years and you really couldn't touch them up anymore because they had, they've been there for 30 years. So different types of paint paints are, aren't um, paints are better and we touching it up wouldn't do anything. And so my mind was, I wanted something to be like a postcard because I always enjoy putting puzzles together. And I always thought about like the Teton Mountains. You see these, these puzzles that you put together and it has these beautiful mountains and always seem like a postcard. So that was kind of the genesis of my thought process was to look at it as a, a canvas that we can have pictures where whoever around the world would come in would want to take this picture almost like a postcard. Mm-hmm. And, and and then with that, I was thinking that we need to have something that kind of punches Tulsa in the mouth a little bit. Because when you go to the area, the area doesn't scream Black Wall Street. We're proud. We're the city is proud that Black Wall Street is here. It's more like it's by default. Like yeah, Black Wall Street was here. We, we said, oh well, mm-hmm. too bad. And so I wanted something to be in the face of people when they come here and say, yeah, you're in Black Wall Street. But at the same time to be able to tell a story about Black Wall Street and not just stop at Black Wall Street mm-hmm. so people can have a history lesson at the same time while they're looking, when at, they're the looking at the mural. And so with, with the mural, every letter has three different meanings. So it's almost, uh, the best way I can describe it, it's a, every letter is a mural within a mural. Mm-hmm. So like, for example, the B not only symbolizes for the black businesses that warrants there, not only which is the Dreamland Theater, but also, if, if you look at the, um, the mural, you see the, uh, we, I put in the, um, the, on the marquee, or the A-frame, is uh, Within Our Gates. Within Our Gates, it was the very first movie that came out by a black director, Oscar Mache, and that was his response to Birth of a Nation. And so when people look at that, they're just thinking that maybe just there for no reason. No, because at the time that we're talking about in the 20s, Birth of a Nation was at its apex. And so Oscar Mache was trying to have a rebuttal to Birth of a Nation. And so that's why I was thinking in my mind, what would we be playing in 1920, 1921? Well, probably there weren't too many movies for African-American people except for uh, Oscar Mache's movie, Within Our Gates. Mm-hmm. So every letter has, has a little bit of a meaning, and, and I try yeah, to incorporate yeah, that I, in there. I, I see that every time I go down there, I say, wow. And I was talking to Charlie Wilson, mm-hmm. and I said, "Man, they got your gap band down there too." Yeah, you know what I mean. So musically, you've gotten some people and things down on that Muriel. Down, it tells a story. Yeah, yeah. It tells a historical story for down there, uh, you know, and that uh, that freeway that's coming through there. It was a mess. I hated that. Yeah, that that even took place. But it has allowed you to put that mural down there on the side of it. So mm-hmm. people need to get down there and take a look. Yeah, take a know, look and take a take picture a in front of it. And a picture in front. Yeah. of it. And, and, and I got some. Yeah, and um, you know, you mentioned that you know different folks 
seeing it, I think the last person that we had that was, uh, you know, kind of famous person was a Big Daddy Kane. When okay. he came, he came and saw uh, it. He, he huh? came and saw it, and he had the picture in front of uh, mm-hmm. from the mural. Mm-hmm. So you know, it, it's getting some great uh, traction. And I was thinking, um, um, Music Soul Child uh, had a chance to, to take his group around when they're here about a year ago, see it, huh? and they they got a chance to see and kind of hang out and yeah. get all their questions answered about mm-hmm. Black Wall Street. So it's mm-hmm. it's doing what it's supposed to do, but it's it's unfortunate that the city hasn't really grabbed hold. And say let's just let's make this uh, a place that people want to come experience. It's more it's more or less an afterthought for various mm-hmm. reasons, and we can talk about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, it's 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 just interesting. Interesting. So you've uh, you've been around here for um, uh, what about ten years now? A little, little less than ten years. Mm-hmm. A little less than ten years. Yeah. Married, children. Yeah. Everything. You've been involved in the community, man. I see yeah. you everywhere. So. <laughs> You're you are an official activist for Tulsa, Oklahoma. Oh, don't tell no one that. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so you one of the you one of the what I call the soldiers in the community yeah. trying to make a better day. Yeah. You know, and, yeah, yeah, man. So and that's a which a good thing. So tell us about this market, man, that you guys got yeah. going on down there. Yeah, well, I, I tell you, uh so I used to work for the Greenwood Culture Center. Yeah. And um, I remember one of the things I was attempting to do um, was draw more people to the Greenwood Culture Center. And most people in, that live in Tulsa only go to the Greenwood Culture Center maybe once in a blue moon for some type of party or an event. And that's about it. And a lot of people have never even gone to the Greenwood Culture Center. So my entrepreneurial brain was thinking like, well, how can we draw more people into the Culture Center, but yet instead offer something that most people will be interested in experiencing. So I started planning it out and got together with Sherry Lasky, who had been wanting to do a farmer's market for years. Mm-hmm. And originally her farmer's market was going to be uh, at Langston. As, and so I, somebody told me about what she was trying to do. And I said, well, why don't we just try to bring this together and let's give a, a test run there at the Culture Center for the month of September. So last September, we uh, did it for one month. And we had such a strong response. I think our first Saturday, we may have had like a thousand people show up ready oh, that to. Was great. Oh, that was great. Yeah. And so all those people start going into the culture center, um, buying T-shirts, seeing the culture center for the first time, being exposed to what exactly happened in 1921, as well as the vendors were making money. And that's the thing that I don't think people understand, having the farmer's market. The vendors are making uh, money. They're probably averaging anywhere between 75 to $200 a Saturday. Mm-hmm. And I think that's pretty good for so, like a couple hours. I, so what can we do to keep them coming and keep things happening? Mm-hmm. You know, we, we need more. You need more vendors. You, we need more vendors. That is the main thing that um, that we're running into is that if you are a small farmer or grower and you say, you know, I make I, I grow flowers, I grow cucumbers, I grow watermelon, whatever that is. If you can come and be a participator in the farmer's market, just get your table, your tent, your chairs. Come out and and participate. How much is it? Ten dollars a Saturday. Ten dollars. That's it. To Vin. To Vin. That's it. We try to make it affordable. And you know, oftentimes what we'll do if someone's new and they want to try try their hand at it, we we'll just waive the fee. We'll mm-hmm. just say, you know, instead of you paying ten dollars, why don't you just go ahead and um, you know go ahead and just come on out and try vending. Mm-hmm. As well as we we would like to have artisans as well. And, okay. Um, if, if artisans, if you make something like, you know, if you make your own, I don't know, widgets, uh, bracelets or whatever mm-hmm. by hand, not the store, not the store bought stuff. Or you're not a but distributor, handmade, huh? handmade where you can sit there and show someone how you make it. That's the kind of thing we want you to be part of as an artisan. 
And uh, so we're there every Saturday from nine until 12, typically rain and shine. If it's a thunder, if it's thunder and lightning, we won't be out there, but we've been out there since, um, since the beginning, end of uh, April. And uh, we'll be there all the way to the end of September. But we've, we've had a great response from, from people all over the place because one of the things that's kind of happening is Cherry Street is going to have to move um, because of where I guess they're going to redesign the street or do something on the street. So it's going to be interesting to see. Oh, they're going to have to move. Huh? Yeah, they're going to have to move. So they may probably try to move them towards a mother road somewhere over there. I Another don't know. street or something. Another street. I don't know. But, you know, the, 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 the market for what we're doing is such a needed market because, you know, oftentimes yeah. we're always talking about how we need fresh fruits and vegetables and so oh, forth. Yes. We hear that all the time. Well, this is an opportunity for more people to come out and get your fresh fruits and vegetables. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's been a, a labor of love because, you know, you, you have to be consistent to show people that we're out there, rain or shine, and, and it's, it's, it's been very good, very good. Very good. So tell us a little bit about this container thing, man, you know. You <laughs> yeah. yeah, what's yeah. up with these containers? Um, you want to live know? in a container? This is the guy to see. Yeah, come, yeah. come <laughs> check me out. So what's going come on? Come check out. What's going on? Tell us about the containers. Well, most of you probably uh, have been to, or maybe not, you can look online, uh, the box yard. Uh, mm-hmm. That would kind of give you a, a, a reasonable idea of what uh, a shipping container house can look like. One of the things that um, we've been, I've been just kind of toiling with is taking shipping containers, cutting them up, and then putting them together for a house. And the and the reason I've um, we've I've been tiny to- house, tiny house, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and now with this, the typical shipping container is 320 square feet. And if you have a high cube, you're talking about eight to ten feet tall. So. You know, you put a couple together, you can put together a um, a home pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a matter of getting the um, the containers and putting in the the windows and basically have an open space. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that we've uh, opportunity I call it opportunity, but challenges of doing the ship container. It's so new that bank there's no market there for that yet to finance it to finance it. Appraisers don't even know how to appraise them. I want to buy a shipping container, huh? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, okay. So it's, you have to do a lot of modifications to it, don't you? You do have to do modifications. Um, you and, and not a whole lot because you're talking about it's just a box. Right. And so, you know, you can just cut cut a cut a hole in the box, the door out, and there you go. One? We're in uh where you Afghanistan? All right. I, I had yeah. one. Hey, bathroom, everything. Yeah. Really? You know, I was a. That was a container. I was in a container, one of those containers. They had my own little restroom and mm-hmm. you know oh. a- AC unit in there, and it was cool yeah. when I was in Iraq. Well, yeah. Mr. Yeah. White, are you targeting um, homeless or I mean, who are you targeting? Anybody, right? Homeless? Anybody. And in in the the thing that we we're, we're trying to meet, I call it my X Y axis, where everything kind of lines up perfectly is. Getting it at the at getting the land at the right price that has a good appreciation, but yes, that can have enough mm-hmm. of the um, um, bank financing where it makes sense. Oh. And so, uh, some parts of town is too expensive because you kind of price yourself out of the market. Because the first question someone's going to ask is say, "Well, I can build a standard stick built home if um, you know if I want to build build a build a home." So we're, we're trying to find that perfect, um, that cross-section where we may, you know, be able to do that. The other thing we're thinking of and I'm, I've been toiling with is doing uh, Airbnb where we can oh, do it and go. do an there Airbnb in the area, especially in this area where it's close on the bike path where we yeah. can build them, 
and someone can jump on who may be saying, I want to have an experience at the BMX park coming in, mm-hmm. and they can just jump on their bike and jump and go right downtown. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's some synergy there. It's just a matter of getting the, the uh, appraisal community to do it because other parts of the country are doing it. Yes. But it's still it's still a little expensive, and we may be just a little bit early. But I think we're getting to the point where we're on on yeah. time. Do you I, know approximately how much something like that would cost once done? Yes, it can range in between say sixty to three hundred thousand dollars. Just depends on what additional things that we put into with it. the box, oh, yeah, okay. container, and and the timing um, to build one is is typically. Uh, cut in half just because you can prefab them and then ship them to the location and weld them together and then you can start. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So makes it, sense. How, how you feel about that BMX moving down there? What are your feelings about it? Well, yeah. I, I'm kind of I'm kind of mixed um, because at first everything was kind of hot and heavy on the BMX mm-hmm. and now it's gone it's gone very very quiet. You don't hear it really too much has. about it. Mm-hmm. So when things go like that, that's you got to watch and see what's actually going on. Mm-hmm. And it's my understanding that um, there's not going to be anything done with the old Fintu building, the old one that had all the asbestos and all the chemical stuff. Up so, in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's that's concerning because I thought that was the whole purpose of that $15 million. That's what I thought, too. And now maybe something else has happened that I don't, I don't know about it. They're hush-hush about it right now. It's kind of quiet. quiet. Very yeah. quiet. Very quiet. And, yeah. And, um, you know, I think I think the city um, under um, Mayor Bartlett kind of did a disservice to the area um, by allowing the, uh, selling the, the the butane facility to uh, I guess I don't know if it's his friend or the business that has a butane facility there, mm-hmm. and now all that land is um, occupied with butane, which is a is a, is a very toxic chemical it's, it's there in the area and i don't know if you know that or not you probably do um last i think it was last year mm-hmm. there was that derailment that went almost went across pine right next to a school yeah i heard about it and mm-hmm. i took pictures and i was like i i don't this doesn't smell it didn't it smelled strange mm-hmm. and they're like oh don't worry we didn't have a, yeah. have a spill I'm right like, yeah right yeah, yeah, right. yeah pine they had to come and put all that it mm-hmm. was weird up in there yeah yeah so i you know um i i try to be optimistic but I'm optimistically cautious, and I watch to see how is this going to benefit the the community. How is it going to benefit the story of Black Wall mm-hmm. Street, or is it just going to be another institution? Because one of the things that you know with urban renewal, urban removal, urban removal, mm-hmm. I was going to get to that. It, mm-hmm. It's always interesting that whenever African American communities are supposed to redesigned, we, there's always these big institutional things that come in and take over. I can remember in Portland, they did the same thing where they have the Memorial Coliseum. Where that was, that was all uh, African-Americans living there. And they said, well, we're going to have this new new area we're going to come up with. And they ended up tearing all the houses down and putting the Memorial Coliseum there and and moving everyone out of their houses. And then it got to the point where they ran out of money, but people lost their houses. Mm. So, that's you know. crazy. That, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. All right, we're going to, okay, well, they disappeared. I thought we were going to go to the phone lines there for a minute. Oh. I guess they disappeared right quick. I'm, I'm sure they'll call, call back. back. Yeah, yeah. Call hopefully back. they will call back. Call you back. Know. We're going to get you on the air. Call back. Call back. <laughs> so, it's, and you know, I, I, I um, it's always interesting to see the development in Tulsa, you know, especially like, you know, we're talking about the BMX and you have WPX coming online across the street from um, the John Hope Franklin uh, Park. Um it's going to be interesting, and I think that 
it will be interesting to see what happens with the freeway there. Because whenever you start putting in, they need to move it. Um, <laughs> well, that I, would move, if they move it, that would move your mural. So we're not going. Yeah, say we're that. not going. Well, gonna say I, that. I think they're bad enough. We got the the one old driller stadium over there. No, yeah, man, that's taking up all that space. And I think I think it's just a matter of time before that that freeway is moved because that's why you put in the um, the other leg of the of the the tur- the turnpike on the the far side of of North Tulsa where mm-hmm. you, now you do, you can remove that and you can have a big loop around mm-hmm. the, on on the area which would be well. nice you know yeah. it would be better mm-hmm. but let, well, let me ask you a question now you worked at the Greenwood Culture Center right mm-hmm. yes sir and I understand they've got some money over there that they're getting ready to add on and build some new stuff yeah talk about it um I don't know a whole lot about it you to don't? be honest with you okay um, I, 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 Bloomberg uh, gave a million dollars for arts. He gave a million dollars for arts. Well, I guess the Greenwood art project, mm-hmm. um, uh, Rick Lowe, who does the project Royal house in Houston is kind of the lead, uh, persons making sure everything is done correctly. And that's as far as I know about, I haven't been to a lot of the meetings since I left the, the, the culture center. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I believe that with Kaiser, uh, and some other, uh, philanthropic organizations, they're, they're going to do an expansion of the Greenwood culture center. Um, yeah, mm. you know what I think? I think they're just trying to get ready for the the centennial. You know, kind of. That's what I'm thinking. They're gonna want to make some repairs and make it look a little bit better. Because uh, I mean, you know, them streets down there on Greenwood are terrible. Terrible. We yes. have those streets yes. are terrible they down are terrible. on Black Wall Street. Yeah. And that's you know? the, that's the part that um that goes back to what we're talking about. If the if the city really is interested in embracing the, the the narrative about come and see Black Wall Street. Mm-hmm. There's no reason why no those streets should look like, like that. that. None right. whatsoever. But see, what happens is we don't complain about it. Yeah, see, collectively. That's, a, that's collectively as African American and minorities, mm-hmm. we don't complain about those streets to the city. Mm-hmm. And you gotta you gotta be on and complaining, and uh, your taxpayers, your tax dollars and stuff are down there. So if if Black Wall Street was out on site, was called uh, South Wall Street, you know what I mean? On the <laughs> side, you know, a White Wall Street. Yeah. You know, they would be indeed. I mean, it would, wouldn't be like that. Well, it's funny you said because I know back in 20, I think it was 2015, 2016, where you, we had uh, the vision funds. And one of the yes. things that, that I had proposed for the vision funds was that why don't we take 15, 10, 10 to $15 million and have that into Black Wall Street into the Greenwood area? Everyone thought it was such a great idea, but it didn't get funded. Yeah, yeah. So you had other, you had sixty million dollars going to the the Gilcrease. You had all this other type of stuff. Yeah, Gilcrease Museum. The museum. And stuff and, yeah. yeah. What they need sixty million dollars for? Well, it was supposed to be a matching fund of some sort where T. We don't or, even go to the museum. Yeah, by and large, we don't. I mean, yeah, black, blacks don't. We don't yeah. play the soccer fields and all that stuff. They want to invest in. But see, that's what gets me is the city won't come. To the community and ask the community what the community wants. Yeah. With funding and money, they just decide to put it where they think it should be. Yeah. And I, I think, I think Councillor Harper, I think she's doing a great job oh, of, of, sure. of, of yes, getting people engaged and saying, "Look, what do you guys want?" Um, and collectively, and and the, and this funny thing is, um, what I found interesting as living here in Tulsa, that oftentimes if something needs to be decided or wants to be decided. Typically, folks will go to pastors first. That's what I'm telling you. Which 
I have mixed emotions about because I do believe in I do believe in 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 pastors and the role the pastors play, but the challenge is they, active pastors. Active pastors. Active, active yes. pastors. Yes. yes. That's yes. what I'm talking about. Yeah. Because, because it's not like it was back in the day no. when we all that was our no. our heartbeat no. was the see see was Bill, the, before yeah. you before you, before you got before like you that. came to Tulsa back in the day. Pastors of churches, you could put your hands on them. Mm-hmm. You could talk to them. You could see them sitting at restaurants. You didn't have to make no business appointment to go see your pastor. Right. Yeah. You know. So the pastors today, what I feel, with the exception of just a few, are not visible. Yeah. And uh, their doors are not open. You know, and they're not preaching economic development and jobs and wealth and things like that inside their churches. Yeah. They, they, they got them feel good sermons going on, you know what I mean? And, uh, 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 finances, you know, Hey, make money prosperity and all of this going on when people are in the streets suffering. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're walking around suffering. Single parent mothers need help with their sons, uh, homeless people out on the streets walking. I talk to them all the time. Yeah. I'm all around them. I hug them. I give them some money. I take them on, give them a ride and see the, the churches are not embracing the homes. They're not doing what Jesus would do. That that is that is the thing, and, and that's the problem. And and that's the thing about it. I, I, and I, first of all, I said for full disclosure, not all, not yeah, all. Not, so no, don't y'all, yeah. don't y'all beat me up. So and, and I know I know pastor pastoring is is a tough it is a tough profession, and I you know because you're on call day and night. I do understand that. And, and the thing in which I found interesting here in Tulsa that there are a lot of um, churches with all within a certain certain area, and oftentimes, like you're saying, uh, that's what we're talking about off air is. Oftentimes you'll see, um, how can I say this? You will find missionaries, white missionaries, not, nothing's wrong being a missionary, nothing being white, but oftentimes you'll find white missionaries willing to go to areas where African-American people live, other countries, and, and more exploring and, and preaching the gospel. But when it comes to African-American people going to white communities and preaching the gospel, you never see it happen. You don't never see never. that go down. Like never, that. never happen. You know, you that's don't. a good point. That's never. a great point because yeah. you don't see it. Could you imagine going to South Coast and say, we got a feeding program for your community? It's not going to happen. It wouldn't happen. So there's some psychological things that has to change about uh, church and how, um, I guess, how African-American, how we do church to make it more uh, effective and more efficient for everyone um, in order to make that change that we need. And another thing is I find it always interesting is that I think oftentimes we don't stay in our lane. Mm. And, and, and wrong and preach on that. Uh So, you know, if a businessman knows he's in business, that's, that's his lane. And if you want a, a, a businessman to know how to run the business, that's who you can talk to. I wouldn't so much just talk to a pastor per se, or I wouldn't talk to a plumber. I would talk to someone who knows, like a bank, I'm gonna talk to a banker because he knows right, banking exactly. And and taking on some of the things that uh, well, I guess what the Jewish community does, they don't spend a lot of time. They on, they only spend time talking to experts in that area. That's mm-hmm. what you're focusing on. And oftentimes we become a jack of all trades, master. We want to do it all. So do it all. True. Yeah, we do it do, all. So we step outside. Yeah. And and we and we and that's why I think to some degree the African American community, uh, by and large, we're retarded. We're retarded in growth because we try to master everything instead of being that that uh, master of just one thing and doing it really, really well, being laser focused. 
And that's what it's about. We've got to be laser focused on getting things accomplished in order to make the changes that we need. And that, that, that is a very good point because we do, as a people, have a problem delegating. Letting go. Letting go. Mm-hmm. You know, Passing you do torch. this, you do that, you do this, you do that. And then we come together at the meeting and make the final decision. We might say, okay, I want you to do this, but they come right behind. Well, now nah, I need for you to do it like that. No, nah, you know, come on now. Oh, I've been to two meetings and meetings like that. So I, I, I tell now I get to the point now with these meetings, I said, just go ahead and email me the agenda so I can see who's there and what's going to be talked about because my time is limited. I don't have to hear, we don't have to rehearse yes. what happened 50 mm-hmm. years ago. That's right. We, we, we understand, but we got, the train is moving. Yeah, that's and, right. And if, if we're not on the train now, mm-hmm. you're going to get left behind. That's right. Get your ticket now. That's what's going to happen. That train is moving. <laughs> that's it, right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's the smoke mm-hmm. is billowing out and you don't want to be running on the track with your luggage saying, I wish I could catch up with the train. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly so, right. That's, so that's why we have to be much aware. We have to open our eyes and our ears and become involved. Yeah. You know, go down on Saturdays. Go down to the Greenwood um, little food. What market. is it? Farmers yeah, market. The market. Farmers, Farmers market. market. Mm-hmm. Go on down there. I'll be there. Well, I won't be there this weekend. Well, this weekend, I need I'll to be show there. up. I'll be out of town. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm going to start coming because I could mm-hmm. And well, I, you know, we discussed that mm-hmm. we talked about it when time. it first opened mm-hmm. up. We said, "Well, we got to go down there, but mm-hmm. you better bet your bottom dollar next Saturday I'll be there. Mm-hmm. I will definitely." Which be is going to go on. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to let our listeners know something a very important. We are about to go FM radio. <gasps> are you saying that? Yeah. Huh? Are you saying that over I'm, the air? I'm telling everybody. <laughs> so stand by. We're about to go FM in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Tulsa, Oklahoma. So for our community and for our people, mm-hmm. uh, various different talk shows, some new ones are mm-hmm. going to take place too as well because we're going right. to have more time to do more stuff mm-hmm. and we're going to create some different things and, mm-hmm. uh, and information for the community. We're going to mm-hmm. be in your cars, y'all. Yeah. You know what I mean? Y'all. <laughs> so that's going to be happening. Can we say letters or no? Uh, well, yeah. we're going to tell them that in just a minute. Oh, you know? really? Right uh, now, okay. we're just kind of like playing music on 89.9 FM 89.9. Here, in, here in Tulsa. Just playing okay. a little music. So we're going to actually have a, a day when we just roll it all out, you know, mm-hmm. grand opening type day. And we're going to contact everybody, and some mm-hmm. little, maybe some little barbecue, fish fry, or whatever. Yeah. You know, make it kind of festive, and mm-hmm. we're going to have a rollout day. Yeah, a little, so rib- little ribbon cutting, you That's know. Right. And we're going to plan on doing that this month, this month. coming up, you know, coming so up in August. That's going to be fun. Everybody's looking fun. forward to that because it's needed. I, everywhere I go, I, they, they are either asking about your radio station or they're asking about Max Wing. Yeah, Max <laughs> Wing. One of the two. And tell them about Max Wings. <laughs> tell them what's going Max on with Max Wings that. right here on Peoria is going to be a new little chicken it's spot. On so, I mean, on, on Pine. Right before you get to be you know the old Rebadells used to be well, the barbershop up the, in there. Well, really, actually, you should say the old Sweet Lisa's. More people are oh, identified well, they were there for like 12, 17 yeah, years. Yeah, right. And then Rebadells was same there. Same thing, yeah, mm-hmm. same place. And now it is being converted into Max Wings. Right. He needs to open that place up. Yes. Now. Come well, you on know, now. we've had a little, he's had to totally renovate that place. Yeah. I mean, from yeah. the ceiling to the flooring, he's yeah. had to completely do that. He's had to get rid of. All that old equipment that wasn't taken you care of very him well. Some lemon pepper yeah. up in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he is. Yeah. He's, we're going to start out. Uh, Max Wings is going to start out with five varieties, different varieties of Max Wings, and we'll let you know. Um, Bobby Eaton Show is going to let you know when, oh, yeah. when we're up there. We're going to have. It's going to be big time. And I think right. there's going to be one day when he's just going to have a little 
free mm-hmm. taster thing. Yeah, free taster. That sounds yeah. good, too. Yeah. So. Also, we want to let our listeners know that we are taking the Juice Radio Show yes. to Atlanta. They oh. say, wow, we're going to take about 12 people in, uh, from the Juice Radio Show. That's right. We're going to leave Tulsa, Oklahoma, and we're going to go to Memphis. We're going to stop in Memphis. You are. Yeah, what I'm you going to do in Memphis? i talk to some musician friends I know oh, and man. go down Beale Street. And then we're going to leave there and we're going to go to Atlanta. We're going to stay in the Airbnb, everybody, right. right there. And then we're going to go to CNN News Woo. and take a tour. Right. I got the tour already set up. Oh, my goodness. And then we got a couple of radio stations down there mm-hmm. we're going to visit. And we're going to the King Center. I'm going to take them to the King Center. And I'm working on Tyler Perry's place right now. Oh, man, so, how exciting. It's going to be fun, fun, mm-hmm. fun, and more fun. And it'll be an experience that they can yeah. take with them and, and utilize for the rest of their lives. So, please, um, we're accepting donations for this wonderful trip That's for right. your youth. Yeah. You know, so just come on down. We're at 1533 North Norfolk, or you can give us a call at 832-443-9499. Again, that number is 832-443-9499. Nine four nine nine. We would love it if you could donate mm-hmm. and help us with this trip for these young people. Yes, and they've really been on it. They've been doing little fish oh, fries. Yeah, they did a fish fry on last Saturday yeah. at the Church of Restoration mm-hmm. on Greenwood That's there, right. and they raised a lot of money for that. that. Good so, fish. Yeah, it was good too. Yeah, I was like, oh, food. yum yum yum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You still got my brownie. Yeah, I guess a brownie over there. You know what I mean? It's wrapped up and over there. Wait a minute. There. I was like, I know that boy done ate that brownie on Girl, there. I started to chow you down on that brownie. You yeah, should have. I chowed down on mine. Did so, you? you know, that's okay. it. I looked at yours and I said, well, I don't know. She, <laughs> might, she might ask about it like she's asking about it right now. You yeah. know, so it's all good. Yeah. Juice Radio Show, y'all. Mr. Bill White. Yeah, Mr. Mm-hmm. Bill, Bill White's in the we house. We're not done with him yet because, no. folks, I'm here to tell you, we this don't. man has actually been an auctioneer. Very interesting. I tell you that. So we've got to get into that, too. Yeah, we're going to take a little break and we're going to be right back with Bill White. They say I got to pay the bills. You know what I mean? So let's do a little bit of that and we'll be right back. Okay, so stick around. Bobby Eaton Show. That's right. All right. Searching for ways to grow your business? Or perhaps you would like to invest in Tulsa's African-American community? The Black Wall Street Chamber of Commerce is a great place to start. The Chamber was created to serve and increase the visibility of needs in our community. It is an umbrella organization for local businesses, the Tulsa Juneteenth Festival, BWS Black Women in Business, and the Grassroots Economic Development Fund known as BWS The Power Group. For more information about the Black Wall Street Chamber of Commerce or to donate to The Power Group, visit bwschamber.com. Hi, I'm Denise Parker with Midtown Embroidery. We do it all from any type of promotional, from screen printing, embroidery, school uniforms, Greek lettering, workwear, monogramming. There's no job too big or too small and no location too far. Let us be your one-stop shop. We're located at 2808 East 15th Street, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74104. Our phone number is 918-982-3254. Our email address is denise.tulsamidtown at gmail.com. Thank you. If your credit starts with a three, four, five, or six, 
This is for you. Did you know that it's costing you to have bad credit? You can't get qualified for that house or apartment and you're paying high interest rates, along with paying high car insurance, and it may be costing you that job that you really want. What are you waiting on? Take more of a holistic approach. Pick up the phone and call the Credit Shiro at 832-642-1554 or text CAMP to 76626. With 13 amazing services, we restore and repair generations to come. Once again, call the Credit Shiro at 832-642-1554 or text CAMP to 76626. If you know better, you do better. Only the Credit Shiro can help you to save the day. Dawn Tree here, CEO of Underground Tree Studios, your one-stop shop for graphics, web design, and art. You can find us online at www.utreep.com. That's the letter U T R E E P.com. As well as finding us on Facebook, Underground Tree Studios, Instagram as Underground Tree, and you can also find artist Dawn Tree online as Artista Dawn Tree. And you can also kick it old school and give us a call at 202-910-4409. Don't hesitate to call us. All it takes is a 10-minute consultation. We can have you hooked up. Peace. We use our platform to promote today's leaders while inspiring tomorrow's. And we super serve our local community while helping you serve the world. We are Eaton Media Services, a full-service media company providing promotion, videography, recording services, and more. Connect with us today to find out how we can help you entertain, empower, and inform at EatonMediaServices.com.
Oh, yeah. I can tell you on the boogie here on the bottom of the show where we tell our stories our way. We're going to go to the phone lines right quick. Yeah, I think we can get a conversation in there. I'll be able to share a conversation. Yeah, let's do that right quick. Okay, let's go to the phone lines. Air code 703-313. You're on the air. Uh, Mister, can you tell me what uh, LS LSB stands for? Pardon? LSB. Uh, we're not talking about that right now. We're talking uh, with Bill White with the HBCU barbecue uh, cook-off. So uh, yeah, yeah, he's, he's doing I, a great job. I was listening to you uh, before, and uh, he's uh, really proud of him uh, for what he's doing. Okay, great. Anything else you want to say about it? Uh, no, I guess I have to call you back, Fuzzy. Uh, fuzzy? <laughs> yeah. Who is this? <laughs> Mike you Jennings. Oh, Michael Jennings, how you doing, sir? Man, you all right, how you doing? For a minute. I didn't catch your voice <laughs> right there for a minute, man. How you doing? Yeah, man? I disguised it. <laughs> you disguised your voice, man. And uh, wow, man. Okay, well, you, man, you know what LSB stands for? <laughs> LSB. <laughs> I'm thinking of some asses, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> Liberate the show band. Yeah, liberate the show band. <laughs> That's good, man. Speaking of speaking of show bands, you guys, this is Michael Jennings. He is a brother of mine from a brother from another mother. He was yeah. in the band back in the day with us. We had we had a band called Liberators, you know, and we all played there for several years up in Ohio. And we had a fellowship of brothers that took place right out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Wow. And we went in our after the Liberators band, we went in our different direction. Michael played with the Ohio players. Mm-hmm. You know, he was one of the Ohio players and Roger and Zap, you All know, right. and some other groups like that. And I went on play with Natalie Cole and some other people. How you doing, man? Hey, man, I'm just, you know, glad glad I'm listening to you. And uh, I told you I would call in. I, I had to make some time. I messed around and lost my phone, but uh, I had to go get it. <laughs> and I came back uh, in time to uh, call in to talk to you and uh, say you're doing a great job. And uh, I enjoyed listening to uh, what Bill uh, White was saying. And uh, like I said, he's doing some great things. Yeah, Bill's the man around. He's one of the men around here doing some things, man. And uh, I'm so glad you called him and you caught me off guard. (laughs) And uh, one of our fellow brothers, man, uh, Mitchell Dooney Edwards, is in the hospital right now. Oh, really? Yeah, he had some neck surgery done on his neck. You know, so our prayers are going out Mm -hmm. to him, man, and... uh, you know, to keep uplifting and stuff like that. He was a drummer. So, yeah, you know, so, yeah, Dooney. And, uh, man, I just want to let you know that, let our listening audience know that. And, man, continue on listening to us, okay? Yeah. All right. And I'm going to see you uh, the 4th of September next month. 4th of All September. Right. Yeah. You're coming for the class reunion, right? That's right. All oh, right. you guys got a class reunion yeah, class, coming Class 69. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. That was, class, that, was, that was that wild class. I was getting ready to say that's the class that used to be popular. That's the the party time. class. Yeah, boy. I remember getting that party for you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, yes, Mike indeed. Jennings. Boy, you got me. You got me on that one, bro. Yeah. All right, man. Well, you keep on keeping up. All right. Talk mm-hmm. to you later. Okay. All right, bye. All right. 
Uh, that's a good friend of mine. So where is he? Where does he live now? He's out of town. Oh, I ain't okay. gonna tell you where oh, he stays. Okay. <laughs> I mean, the state you don't know yeah, where he right, right, right. okay. I do, but you know, it's oh, all that good. Oh, is that area code? Seven oh three. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> but hey, we're back and we got Bill White in yes, the house, indeed. man. We've been you've been sharing a lot of stuff and information yes. with us. And that's what we want to continue to do, man. Mm-hmm. So you got these projects and some things going on. And, and uh, your wife, Candy's over at Emerson, isn't she? Or is she dealing with Emerson? She's on the foundation board. The for foundation yeah. board. Mm-hmm. You know, because I remember yeah. when she was in here and I was interviewing her and uh, Emerson wasn't even open no. at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's been open, I think, uh, almost a year and a half now or two years. Yeah. yeah. So okay. I think it's... Uh, Go ahead and pull that up. Pull that on up. Yeah, there you go, right there. Yeah. So I think um, they've they've been doing a pretty good job. And one of the, you know, talking about the farmers market, we take their produce uh, since they have a big garden, and we take their produce and we sell it at the farmers market every Saturday as well. Okay. Oh, that's wonderful. So that's we, good. That's yeah, a good thing. A good they, thing. They typically have some uh, okra, some potatoes, some onions, yeah, um, some uh, uh, kale, some shark. So. Just depending on what they have, yeah, Mm -hmm. a little bit of everything, which is garlic. They've been doing a lot of garlic as well. So, it's it's they got a nice little I call it a little bumper crop they got going on over there. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's great. Yeah, and it's teaching them something, you know, teaching them how to provide, Mm -hmm. how to survive. And that's something that we need to do is teach more. That's true. We got to train up and teach more of our people, man, how to do so. Home economics Mm -hmm. in school would be good. Yeah, mechanic shop, all of that. That would yeah. be great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, can't shop. I don't know. You can't even work on cars almost. So. Oh, that's true. Everything yeah. is electronic. Electronically mm-hmm. done. It's crazy. Yeah. You know, but there are some other skills that they could implement mm-hmm. into that, you know, like hey, you said. I have a question for you, Mr. White. I was looking over your 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 notes, your little mm-hmm. summary. How did you ever get involved in being an auctioneer? Yeah, an auctioneer, man. Well, it it start well, I was when I was um I used to be a claims adjuster, and uh-huh. every every other week they have an auction at the auction yard. Uh, damaged cars would come in. They would auction off these cars, and, you know, you have all these guys out there. And I call them, used to call them fast talkers, so they mm-hmm. would talk fast and bid off these cars. I befriended a guy named Gary Peterson. He used to own his own dealership, and uh, I would have him do um, appraisals on vehicles. And so when I, when I saw his information, he was saying a car appraiser – and car auctioneer. I was like, car auctioneer, that's kind of interesting. So we befriended each other, and he said, why don't you come to an auction with me? Because my sons are auctioneers, and they make really good money. So when he said really good money, I'm <laughs> yeah. all about, let, yeah, let me find right. out what yeah. you're doing. Really good yeah. money, okay. Yeah. So he, he took uh, myself, and I believe my wife came with me. We went to a, a big auction, like a school auction. So they, this, this company rented out this big um, warehouse and had this big auction. And they raised different money for private schools and all that kind of stuff. And so kind of like the highlight of the evening was the auctioneer would come on and say, you know, we're going to have a a Naples Valley trip for two. Who's going to open up the bid of of $1,000? I got a thousand here. Do I have a 2,000? 2,000, dude, now three. Now 3,000, now four. Now 4,000, five. 5,000, six. Were you talking fast? Wow. And so when he started doing it, I was like, oh, that is what? It's almost like rap music to me. Yeah, right, right. (laughs) Were you doing the one like the country guys do? Yeah, one. Give us a sample. Give us a sample. How you auction, So typically they have what they call tongue twisters that you kind of warm it up. Right. How is that? So like you say something, a big Big brown bear, 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 big brown bear. Big black, big bop. 
you pick <laughs> Tommy Thomas ties two T's, tied them up in two tall trees. And so you start working and getting your T's and your ones together. <laughs> wow. And, and the funny thing was, uh, so I end up, the quick story, and I'll go back and give you a little sample of some auctioneering. Mm-hmm. So uh, Gary said, you know, you would make a great auctioneer. He thought about going, why don't you go to school? Uh, I know some place that you can go and get get your auctioneer, become a colonel. Become a colonel. Mm-hmm. And so once you go through auction school, they consider you a colonel, okay. uh, which is kind of old school, that because during the Civil War, after everything was all said and done, the colonels would auction off property and everything else. Mm-hmm. And so they considered a, a, an auctioneer as a colonel. Wow. So um, I ended up um, going to a school called Worldwide School of Auctioneering in Iowa. And so you go through there for 10 days of intense auction training about how do you start doing auction and all different aspects of auctioneering, whether it be you're doing an estate sale, real estate, a car auction, um, you know, anything, any, huh? any type of auction you can probably yeah. do. And so um, I can still remember like it's yesterday. One of the first things they said, we want you to get up and we want you to count to 10. Oh, no problem. I can count to 10. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Now they said, now go backwards. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Now go forward. And so you start doing it faster and they, okay, we want you to speed up. And you'll find that it's challenging because you start thinking about letters and numbers as you're trying to do it faster and faster and faster. And so uh, it was so, so I enjoyed it so much because you challenged yourself to be a call fast talker. And so mm-hmm. you start learning, you know, like, uh, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 65, 70, 80, 90, 95, 100, 95, 90, 85, say, and then you just go back down and you go to the quarters. <laughs> 1, and 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 16, 17, 19, 20, 21, 22, 22. And then you go back and forth, and that's exactly how an auction typically goes. And But the thing is, for like, if you go to a cattle auction, they're really not saying anything. There's a lot of fillers that you're just saying to keep that channel going. Oh, you going, just to keep the rhythm going. To keep huh? the rhythm going. So a lot of times, they're not really saying anything. Like what, for example? Uh, they may go in the quarter. So like may uh, court, uh, they say one, one and a quarter, one and a half, two, two, seven, five, three, 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 quarter, three, six, five, seven, five. So you, what do you want? Seven, five, three, three, seven, five, eight, eight, nine, ten, fifteen, twenty. And so they're just doing things to bid it up. Uh-huh. And so sometimes they're pointing and no one is in the back, but they're pointing to get you the bid because you're oh, thinking so that you're bidding. Oh, so nobody's actually bidding, huh? They just, they just pump, they just pump it up. They pump it up, and, and people get caught up in the frenzy. Oh, I don't want this guy because it. what I'm going to do is I'm saying, do you want this bottle of water for nine dollars? Well, yeah, you want it for nine. Well, would you bid nine twenty five? Yeah, I'll bid nine twenty five because you don't want him to have it. So you got nine twenty five. I got ten nine fifty. You want nine twenty five? Yeah, right. say ten. Ten. You want eleven? Yeah, I'll take eleven. Twelve. Twelve and a half. Now thirteen. Thirteen and a half. Four. 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 And so that's how it kind of exactly. And so. Uh, I like real estate auctions and and, and doing um, um, what's called charity auctions. So those were always kind of fun. You find a lot of black auctioneers. You don't find yeah. there's probably maybe 10, 15 across the country in the nation. There's not many at no all. Black, I've never seen one no, before. Very, 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 very few. Very few. So wow. it's, it's a it's a it's you you definitely stand out, especially when if you go to like a. I'm going to I know, I know you do. One two three four five six seven eight nine ten ten nine eight seven seven seven. Sounds really funny. So you do you do stand out, and uh-huh. especially if you go to like a farm auction, there's not too many uh there's not too many uh African American auction there's hardly any off any animals and stuff, huh? Yeah, yeah. Wow. But you know, um, a lot of the farm a lot of the farm community are very familiar with selling things via auction. It's just the cities; they're really not used to using auction as an auction. And to be honest with you, uh, if you ever think about selling real estate, 
an auction is a really good way to sell real estate because some, typically someone is um, going to bid more because they don't want the other person to buy the property. Mm-hmm. And so you can kind of help them get them going and selling it by auction. You, you get your money in 30 days versus hoping someone's going to come and buy your house. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of pluses that you can actually use in that market. If you get a good auctioneer and he knows how to market or she knows how to market correctly, you can move that property through the process relatively quickly. Wow. Mm. So pretty good. It's interesting, it's man. Never interesting. heard of a black auctioneer. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't get my, get my hat my get hat off. Hat yeah, off. Right. And my yeah. You probably can make some good money at it too. You, you can and typically um for an auction for say for example a real estate auction, it can range anywhere between six percent to ten percent of the sale. Really? So yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. What what is the more popular ones out of is it uh, uh real estate, cars, uh which one? Typically, farm, farm farm equipment and cars. Farm equipment and cars. Yeah. And then, like, if you go to private schools, a lot of the private schools will have auctions mm-hmm. all day. That's how they do their major fundraising as well. Mm-hmm. So they, they can raise fifty to $100,000 in one night at, through an auction. So, man, you've done a whole lot of stuff. It looks yeah. like too mm-hmm. much. What else you haven't yeah. done here? Yeah. Um, uh, I'd say I used to have you got your CDL license too. CDL, yeah. yeah you, you can, can drive, drive eighteen wheelers. Yeah, eighteen wheelers. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, <laughs> you can drive them. Huh? I can drive them. I, I recently, I recently did that because I was in between jobs, and the state of Oklahoma said, "Well, you're not doing anything. Do you want to get your CDL?" Sure. <laughs> so you just went and got the CDL. Went and got the CDL, got CDL license. CDL. I've had one before too. Mm-hmm. I lost. Really? I had one in Texas. Wow, my dad retired. You yeah. know, he he was a truck driver. For but I was driving. I was driving yeah. big yeah. shuttle buses and stuff. You? you know, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh-huh. And see, I haven't been on the road yet, so I I it, I had to see if I even like to do that. I yeah. haven't experienced yeah. yet, so I yeah. don't know. We'll we'll see. You cause... would like it if you have one of those rigs that have everything. Oh, loaded! Like my cousin, he yeah. has one that got. He had one that had. Thing. Yeah, dad did too. The yeah. only thing that dad didn't have was a shower. Yeah. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the only thing. Everything else uh, was refrigerated. He, he's got a bathroom. Oh, does he? He got a bathroom in oh, here. Oh, see, that's that's nice. Yeah, that's nice. Two, so, two or three people can get in there, I guess, and mm-hmm. sleep in that area. Wow, they must be on the road a lot. Yeah, he's yeah. on the road. Yeah, he's he always on the road. He lives on the road. Yeah, makes that big paper. Yeah, yeah, you do. You do. Mm-hmm. If you're not married, mm-hmm. I like to stay married. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then my 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 uh, cousin's husband, he pulls. Cars. He has his own trailer that, that yeah. he can get about nine cars on yeah. there, mm-hmm. yeah. and he make money transporting yeah. cars yeah. 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 from one place to another. And you got to have your own uh, trailer. Mm-hmm. Trailer. Yeah. 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 That's how you're going to make trailer. your money, yeah. Yeah. having your own trailer. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a good industry. I mean, you know, that you're talking about uh, entrepreneurship. I think by you having your own truck and trailer, it's a great way, low cost. Mm-hmm. To, well, buying a truck is not low cost, but yeah, it, it can yeah. pay for itself. That's yeah, true. Eventually, it can yeah. pay for itself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if you know where to go get the job. Yeah, exactly. Exactly so right. The, the nation moving. Yeah, it really does. It really yeah. does. If they went on strike, we'd be in a whole world of trouble. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. my goodness. We'd be a whole world. Couldn't transport anything. Yeah. No, not, right. not crazy. So okay. I've I've done a little bit of a little yeah. bit of everything. Seems like yeah, yeah kind of got your much. hands in a few mm. little things like that. So are you in the ministry now? Are I you... I am not. I'm just okay. just sitting on the pew enjoying looking at the preacher preach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
What particular what church? church? You, church I, I go to Transformation. Trans- oh, yeah. 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 Wonderful church. Big growing church. Yeah. I've been there before. Yeah. Pastor Todd's doing a great God. job. Yeah. He, he, he added a few more services, right? Yeah. Yeah. He added yeah. Don't um, you guys have like three, four services or something? Four yeah. services. Four. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. it's Lexi, growing. That's where she goes. You need a bigger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She goes there too. Yeah. She goes You need there. a larger place now. You've outgrown it. Yeah. Really. You guys yeah. are going to be having to move. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the discussion. When I pass by, I'm a member of the Met. But when I pass by Transformation and oh, I see the cars not only in the parking lot, not only right there, but all the way in the grass, oh, all the way the, to that, I'm like, woo, yeah. he's powerful. I've yeah. been there before. Yeah. And a lot of that's young different. people. That's where the young people go. That's where the young people go. That's so wonderful. And that's the funny thing about it. I feel like I'm young, but I feel like I'm looking now like, now I'm getting old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, baby, you know, 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 there's a few seasons yeah. things. There's a few yeah. seasons things. Yeah. You know, I know, a, I know a couple of them. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. my friend Carla Jimison goes up there, and yeah. a couple mm. other people go up in there. Does she? Huh? She go there? Yeah. Oh, okay. She's a, just, you know, she go there. <laughs> You'd be surprised who yeah. up in there. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's a very big church and I keep saying I'm gonna come and visit. Yeah, you know, yeah. But, come come yeah. Sunday. I mean he's yeah. he's he's Todd's doing a great job. You know yeah. what I did one time he invited me because he's been in here before. Mm-hmm. Pastor Todd has been in here and uh he said, uh, man, come I want the juice to come to church Sunday and I'll put them on the front row or something up there and give them a place and so he said, I want you to come too. You gonna come? I said, yeah, I'm going to come. He said, I'm doing a series on sex. And I said, okay. Mm-hmm. Don't you know I went there, and he had a bed on yep. the stage. <laughs> I heard about that. He uh-huh. had a bed on mm-hmm. the stage, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I was like, church and a band was playing, and everybody was dumb around, and he got up there in tennis shoes, you know, in a regular, old, regular shirt, and started talking about sex. And he sat on the edge of that bed. You know, and he was talking about it. Wow. You know, and I was like, I got a visual. Yes. You know, yes. I got a real good that's visual. That's what young people need. And they need a visual. Because yeah. they like to, it's all about technology. Mm-hmm. They're all about exactly. what they see. That yeah. sensation. Yeah. That, that I think that's see. what he has that, that captures them because they're not doing this. They're engrossed. They are paying attention because they don't know what he's going to do next. Yeah, exactly. That's mm-hmm. what Lexi is telling you. That's what she really enjoys a lot of is that. He not only gets his point across, but you don't know where he's going. Come. Yeah, you don't know. You don't want to miss it. You don't want to look down. <laughs> you want to be. Yeah, because you, you're going to miss it. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. Miss it. yeah, you That's definitely wonderful. will. That is so wonderful. Mm-hmm. I'm going to come and check y'all out. Oh, that'll be yeah. good. Good. The doors yeah. are always open. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you and your wife go there, huh? Yes, we do. Yeah, yeah. okay. Good. Good boys go there, I'm sure. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I, we, it's, it's, some, it's something else. Yeah. Great. Band, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Music is just great. The yeah. praise and worship is. I went in there and it was rocking in there and it was throwing it. I said, "Woo! Look at these young people. Yeah, oh, they, wow. they were oh, praising and worship, so and they were. It was just like, man, I feel like I was in a concert. Man. <laughs> yeah, I felt like I was in a show in a concert, man, up in there. Yeah, oh, they up there right. singing all them songs and yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Different kind of church. Yeah. You know, yeah. a lot of people won't always understand it, you know, because they're so tra- traditional. Sure. With traditional ministry. And uh, they ain't going away. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I got a lot of traditional churches around here. It's about nine of them right in here. Yeah. In this block. <laughs> you know, that's right. Ooh, yeah. I got about nine churches. Yeah. Man, yeah. And, I, and I never seen nobody knocking on nobody's door. Yeah. That's, wow. We got to yeah. pray for it. I don't even know that church across the street right here. I don't even know that pastor. You don't? 
not that one. I know now. I know uh, Mount Olive right here with yeah. Eddie Davis. Yeah. I know him, but this yeah. one right here across the street, mm-hmm. I wouldn't. If he came through that door right now, I wouldn't know who he was. I'll see him at our family reunion. Who? Eddie Davis. He's gonna. He's oh coming yeah, to yeah. Family. I know it's family, right? Yeah. Well, he's family. Because James mm-hmm. probably be there too. Maybe I don't, I don't know. know. I'll talk to James. Out of Kansas City. Yeah, he don't yeah. know. He don't know what. You never know what's going to happen with that. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way it goes. Yeah. But everyone, we're talking with Mr. Bill White, the Greenwood Experience. He's the founder of that, and his purpose is to promote positive images and events of African-American through art, ideas, and other cultural experiences, which encourages intercultural exchanges. And that's what we do really need a lot of here in Tulsa. We do. Yeah. We definitely do. Because yeah. we need to educate these white folks. They've been so many years with this hidden uh, 1921 massacre, and now that it's all come out, and I think they're starting to get to the, the Caucasian race here in Tulsa. I think they're starting to get in their minds that we're here to stay and we're going to speak out and we we want this is it. It's not Bobby always says this is a tale of two cities. It, yeah. Because it's totally totally different. But I think they're starting to see that you know we're just not going to be quiet anymore. Yeah, change is hard. Change, change is, change, is hard. It yeah. most definitely yeah. is hard. Because no one, mm-hmm. to be, if the truth be told, no one wants to change or be told you need to you change. Need to change. That's true. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. very true. So, mm-hmm. and, you know, talking about that, um, one of the projects I did was the Black Wall Street uh, uh, Airport Exhibit. Oh, so, yeah. I oh, remember that. Oh, yeah. I remember okay. that. Yeah. You had an exhibit out at the Tulsa Airport, yes. and I, I saw it out there. Yep. I went out there, man, and I was like, wow, this this bill. Yeah. <laughs> is it still there? It's not there. Um, I'm seeing about putting it back up at some point in time. Oh, okay. um, it did what it was supposed to do because it moved. There was, there was somewhat of a backdrop behind the story. I had got pressure not to show certain things about the massacre out at the airport. They want to make sure that there weren't going to be any dead bodies shown and all that kind of stuff because I was People trying hanging from the trees yeah, and, and stuff. all that uh-huh. because it was it was a gateway to Tulsa and they want and when you're coming into Tulsa you want to have your city mm-hmm. looking a certain way that it's you know yeah. we don't want the ugly part as soon as you hit right. hit the front door of our, of our <laughs> right so you fly yeah. in oh I don't know if I want to be here <laughs> but the, the the beautiful thing was people were so captivated by that exhibit that people were like um, I couldn't I heard about the exhibit so I had to drive all the way to the airport to actually spend some time looking and reading everything on the exhibit and they spread the word out to all their friends and family who were flying into Tulsa or mm-hmm. leaving Tulsa said, I got to see the exhibit when I fly through. So we, I was able to have a counter and we, ex- we saw thousands and thousands of people get exposed to wow. the, the story of Greenwood and black wall street, which was the whole idea. Wow. Mm-hmm. So it, and mm-hmm. that's one thing I start seeing it, it starts changing the narrative where people were starting to come out more to be able to say, okay, let me talk about it a little bit more. And you and that's when you're kind of having like that catalyst of you start seeing more conversation about it. Yeah, should have yeah. charged them up. Mm-hmm. I, I wish well, you know I did. did. It still should be there. Now yeah. they got those boys out there playing folk songs. Yeah, they do. When you come in, they got, when you come in now, they're they're doing country and western and stuff out there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we need to bring your exhibit back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll bring it back, and and I'm I because mm-hmm. one of the things that can you monetize it out there? Is it not to be monetized? You know, um, I I don't know if I can because Tulsa's airport, the way it's designed, it's kind of 
it. Mm-hmm. You can miss it if you don't go mm-hmm. on that direction. That's true. Yeah. So, you know, because the way it's, you know, you have the ticket yeah, counter upstairs, you go right. up the elevator, and then you're just out, out, yeah, the door. You're out the door. And there's really no reason to go to the airport. It's not like there's restaurants you can get hang out at. Yeah. So it's kind of, People don't go to the yeah, airport no, to hang out. Yeah. No, yeah. no. So you miss, yeah. miss a lot of it. Um, but it, it is a thought because one of the things that I found interesting was doing that exhibit. When the comment I always got back, love the exhibit, but I took what you're saying and I went to the Greenwood area and there was nothing there. So when I was hearing those kind of comments, that's how I kind of rolled and started doing. I did the uh, Welcome to Greenwood mural mm. because I said, well, yeah, if people are telling me that they're not seeing anything. Then there's got to be something that we got to have in place for when people are coming from the airport for them to see. Because mm. you would, if you drove through, you would you wouldn't know this. Oh, those some old buildings and keep on going yeah, through. Yeah, that's true. That's so true. with the Welcome to Greenwood and then doing the Remembering Black Wall Street, my thought was having placemakers so people can spend time in the Greenwood area and start questioning and saying, okay, what, how does this work? What can we do to um, advance the black wall street story where people around the nation can understand it? Mm-hmm. And so little by little starting putting all that in the place. And, you know, cause my true passion is I love entrepreneurship. I like to see in particular African-American people prosper just like I'm in Atlanta. Cause I love Atlanta and I saw a quick story. So growing up, living in Oregon, you know, there's not a lot of, lot of African-American people in Oregon. There's, mm-hmm. there's some. But I would always read, like, Black Enterprise. And so I would dream and look at these magazines and, boy, I love looking at Black Enterprise or Ebony and Jet, seeing these sophisticated, yeah. cosmopolitan mm-hmm. black folk. Mm-hmm. And so going to Atlanta, seeing that, I'm like, wow, this is the way black folks are supposed to be. And going to other parts of the country. And I don't see that. I'm thinking, what's what's wrong, with y'all? Why, why, let's 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 get things mm-hmm. moving. Mm-hmm. And so, having that mindset, I kind of have that same hurry up mindset here in Tulsa. What's the what's the hold yeah. up? Let let's get things rolling. And that can get me in trouble because people move too slow for me. <laughs> well, that's what it is. Yeah. If you've been to other cities and yeah. bigger city cities, you know, and you come back home here. I call mm-hmm. it home. Mm-hmm. I had to adjust myself, you yeah. know, and yeah. I'm from Tulsa. Yeah. And uh, it doesn't move. Black Tulsa doesn't move as fast as I like to see it move. Mm-hmm. And it's a shame you know? that it takes those that have, were born and raised somewhere else to come here and do right. something and, and get, and get do you something. motivated. To and do that's it. what normally happens is a lot of people, yeah. like you said, Sansare, they come here from other places mm-hmm. and they implement certain things. And mm-hmm. some some of the uh, natives say, okay, I'll see yeah. what's going on. And others mm-hmm. just sit back and watch them. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. they gain the education and the means to make a good life and they move. Mm-hmm. They don't stay home and put well, that and money it depends on that. where they're at too. Yeah. Cause the cost yeah. of living is cheap here. Yeah. yeah I is. mean, you can get something real nice, real cheap here. Well, and that's, that's why, as you know, we built, we built specifically came and built our house here in, in North Tulsa. I mean, obviously we could live, you know, anywhere, anywhere. Yeah. but yeah. you know, we made a conscious decision say we're going to live and live in North Tulsa because my thought was, and my wife agrees with, with our, how we're thinking about it, is we want to inspire the people as well. Yeah. And, you know, it's, we can live out there, and it's like, oh, we're so happy, you know, on the, the burbs, which is no problem. People live in the burbs. out here. Yeah. But, you know, it takes a commitment to say, you know what, I, I don't mind seeing kids who may live in an apartment complex walk by and say, I like that house. 
Mm-hmm. How can I aspire to do something mm-hmm. what you're doing? Yeah, yeah. Because it changes. We have to change the, the mindset, the, the, mindset, yes. the visualization see, of what we see in our area. See, we've mm-hmm. been talking about around here. We're try, trying to purchase a 15-passenger van. Mm-hmm. And upon purchasing that van, we're going to try to go to Comanche and Vernon Man and pick up kids and take them around Gilcrease Hills and all the around it, in the museums mm-hmm. in the neighborhood mm-hmm. and introduce them and let them see some things that they've never seen in their life mm-hmm. yeah, and tell important. them that yeah, they can important. they can have these type of things with hard work and determination mm-hmm. and education. Yeah, yeah. So. And that's the thing. If, if, if we as a collective group of African-American people focus, there's nothing that we can't do. But if we don't focus, we're scattered, we're shotgun in all the place, and nothing gets done. There's too many chiefs. And, and that's the no, thing. That's it. You know, and, and as you guys know, you guys have the conversation that we always talk about we need a grocery store. I, I, yeah. I don't want to hear about a grocery, a grocery store anymore. Yeah. No, we need Thank plenty you. of grocery yeah, stores. Yeah, you need more than this yeah. one. Right, exactly. What, what everyone in the whole 50-mile radius is going to go to this yeah. one? Right, exactly. I remember when I first came here to Tulsa, there was a grocery store in Gilcrease Hills. There was a grocery store Right, McLean uh, Shopping, Shopping Center, uh, over Springdale, Springdale, and they were nice, Safeways, and, and well, see, they, they were I grew up remembering when there was everything in North Tulsa. Wow, we didn't have to go anywhere for anything. Wow. We had movie theaters, we had cab mm. services, we had all everything was there. Wow, but throughout the years, it's disappeared. I left, went. Came now I'm back and I'm almost crying just riding around here looking at some of the devastations of the community. Booger T was like the pillar of the community. It was like the headquarters. All black, blackity black, bloom, bloom, bloom. Now, if you stay across the street from Booger T, you can't even go to it. That's a shame. So, and that's, yeah, it's that's so sad. Mm-hmm. And everybody would congregate mm-hmm. and so much pride and we were winning state championships and mm-hmm. everything was just going on and you know, we had about 15 night spots and restaurants and everything. Wow. You could just had your entertainment. You just, everything was just here, you know. And so not only is it, you know, declined here in Tulsa, but that's across the nation. Mm-hmm. We got some areas that are worse than Tulsa. See, yeah. Tulsa, we really don't have a ghetto. There we have impoverished areas, mm-hmm. but we don't have what I call a real ghetto. ghetto. Yeah, that's I true. mean, we got our mm-hmm. our our projects got mm-hmm. guardrails around them and entry mm-hmm. points, and ain't a bunch of trash hanging around mm-hmm. outdoors or none of that. But mm-hmm. and when people come from cities like Chicago mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Houston and and Atlanta, and they come well, and they come here. They're like, man, this is luxury apartments right mm-hmm. here, you know. So. But we got impoverished areas, and we have depression and oppression going on, and we got some mental health issues taking place. A lot of mental health. See, when Pookie can't find no job in his community and in his neighborhood, and he don't have no income, and he's got a girlfriend with a little bitty uh, seven-month-old baby, and he can't find nothing, he goes to the streets. Mm-hmm. You know, with JoJo now, mm-hmm. and next mm-hmm. thing you know, he's selling drugs mm-hmm. and doing all of this, trying mm-hmm. to provide. Mm-hmm. You know, and then it becomes a way of life. Yeah. He go and he gets. And then co- it's a cycle too, it's like cycle. Bill was talking about mm-hmm. when he was working in, in the uh, county courthouse. Uh, right in the courthouse. Yeah, you know, I see it all the time. You in the courthouse it, all the time, and and it's so very true that these young men, these young women, they get caught up in the system, and then. 
wow, they end up going back to the streets because they don't know they can't get a job. And, it's, 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 it's and that's, it. that's the part I think that um, now that I say I'm a little older, that's the part that I am really after of how do I take the entrepreneurial road so these young cats can have opportunities yeah. to do to expand their dreams and live their best life. Because, yeah, we, we all make mistakes, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. It, it almost can seem that as an African-American in this country that you make a mistake. You have to pay the toll 50 different times all the time over and over, whereas as maybe uh, someone who's of Caucasian persuasion mm-hmm. can talk to the owner of the company. Hell, don't worry. Jimmy's a good kid. He made a mistake. We'll get you a job. Don't worry about it. But that doesn't happen too often because we don't have we, – we're trying to – Because we don't own nothing. And we're trying to – I think oftentimes we, we spend too much time trying to appease um, – it goes back to what we talked about. We talk too much. Mm-hmm. We spend too much time talking loud mm-hmm. and not loud, but too open about what we want to do mm-hmm. instead of being about the work. They don't say nothing, but collectively behind the scenes, let's have a meeting. And then when we, when we go out there, let's execute quietly, tactfully, succinctly. And that's how we get something done. But if we're not going to do that, if we want to tell everyone what we're going to do, well, we're going to. That ain't, that's not, no one's impressed by what you're going to do. Yeah, what you, you say you're yeah. going to do. We must become educated and know what to do. Mm-hmm. You know, there are opportunities and things out there that you can, I mean, with, with technology being here today, you can literally take tests online and you can get mm-hmm. so much information and no matter what you want to do. That's you true. can do it whether you can do it by going to school mm-hmm. or you can do it by not going to school. There's not any, really a, an excuse. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm just saying I wish we would get more focused on more things in the BS that on mm-hmm. technical support. Mm-hmm. We gonna get on Facebook every day. We're gonna get mm-hmm. on Instagram every day. Mm-hmm. We just gonna look at stuff. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna get on YouTube and we're gonna just look at stuff, but we're not gonna look at stuff pertaining to help us right. get to another level and what our skill sets are. Yep. Yeah. You and, know and just a side note for anyone out there who is plagued with a misdemeanor or or a uh, felony and you have fines, if you can't pay your fines, you can alleviate getting a warrant out for your arrest by just going every Friday, every any Friday, going down to the courthouse between 8 and 8.30, go put your name on the docket, go in front of the judge and say, look, I don't have any money. I'm not working right now. And the judge will, will, will continue your Well, your Sean, is there a lot of uh, people who just don't even show up for court? And mm-hmm. even say it, and even not say it. Because I'm the one that has to call them the day before. Yeah, well, you make sure in you your but you're all, That's in your firm, right? <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's some guys that are afraid they're going to get locked yeah, up. Yeah, and, and, and I get so, that a lot too. I have, they, had, I have had clients, Bobby, call and say, Well, I go to court tomorrow. I know it's late, but um, are they going to arrest me? Well, no, this is only your second arraignment. So just tell the judge that you are getting ready to hire attorney Mike Manning, and mm-hmm. he's going to continue it and give you time. And then you come on in here and I'll set you up, call me and I'll set you up an appointment. But I get that a lot. Are they going to arrest me? Are, are they, they going to arrest me? Yeah. No, they're not going to arrest you unless you done murdered somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, they're going to arrest you. Well, you got to talk. <laughs> you can't yeah. be afraid. You yeah, got to stand up. And, and as long as the judges hide. see, and, and another thing, as long as the judges see you coming in there looking neat, looking clean, not sagging, not acting like you just got up out of bed and didn't do nothing, then they're more prone to be a little, you know. Oh, white more, people, that's the way white people white are. People, yeah, it's just yeah, the way. White people yeah, are Mike like is always adamant to all of our clients, especially our young men, don't, don't come into the courtroom 
looking like any kind of way. Don't be wearing no red. Don't be wearing no blue. You know, you come in there with gonna, khakis. They're going to prejudge you. Huh? Oh, they're going to prejudge you. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You a yeah. blood. You a yeah. crip. Huh? It's just like um, Attorney Webb when she did that little research thing. 25 white men, 25 black men. They both were uh, charged with the same one. Well, most of the white guys got misdemeanors where all of the black men got felonies mm-hmm. for the same thing. Mm-hmm. Goes on all mm-hmm. is railroading all the it's time. Real, all the time. All the time. Mm-hmm. All the time. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you look at um this um uh the this new opiate epidemic that's supposedly oh, yeah. going that ain't affecting on. us. No, but that it's well, it an is. it's it's yeah. issue now. Yeah, it's an issue now. Yeah. But you don't see uh the mass incarceration of a uh, little Betty Sue that's right having mm-hmm. all fifty million pills. That's right, that's right. No, because we don't yeah. manufacture no pills. Yeah. That's right. Uh, we don't we all of our drugs and alcohol, we black people, yeah. we don't manufacture that yeah. stuff. And white folks, mm-hmm. especially the elite, they consume more drugs than than oh, for sure. than we ever did, but they don't never get Busted. Well, well like not, get, it's not portrayed yeah. through, you know, uh, mass media will show us in a bad light. Oh, Anytime yeah. something is happening uh, on the negative side with mm-hmm. black people, mm-hmm. they will portray that out. Boom. Mm-hmm. There you go. You got ABC very News. Seldom NBC, very seldom do you see them talk about good black things going in mm-hmm. black neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. You don't see that. It was you know. interesting you said because you know you think about like um, you really ever hear anything about for the Asian community? Mm. They're mm-hmm. uh, uh, assume that they're all oh good good law abiding citizens, which may not be the case. But in terms of you have the African American community, it's automatically assumed that they are a certain way, mm. and that's how a lot of people are, approach mm-hmm. African American people mm-hmm. through, our, certain way. through our music as well, because mm-hmm. sometimes the, the junk that we put out as well yeah. is junk, and it's like, why in the world would you want to put that out that there? That junk out yeah. there. Yeah. And they're singing it, and then they get mad. People get mad. They get mad at someone calling someone a, a nigger, mm-hmm. yep. but that's the whole song that you've been saying, mm-hmm. and they're buying your concert ticket in the front exactly. row saying nigger, 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 and, right. and, right. and you right. and you mad that somebody called you know what? That's what right. You, that's confusing. <laughs> yeah. Very con- and we let them get away with it too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. We let them get away oh, yeah. with uh, a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they poison us with a lot of stuff. But you know, I'm gonna piggyback off off of that was um with the HBCU barbecue cookout. Yeah. yeah. And and the whole purpose of that was because I wanted a people to um have an opportunity for, for a couple of different things reasons. One was to showcase HBCUs because a lot of a lot of kids have no idea that the the influence and the positive outcomes mm. of going to an HBCU. Yeah, that's true. And I always tell my sons, I said, if if you want something done, go to an HBCU, um, go to an HBCU, or meet somebody who went to an HBCU, and I guarantee you that you will see they have changed the world in one yeah, way or another. Yeah. Speaking mm-hmm. of that HBCU, uh, Michael Jennings, who just called in here, mm-hmm. and we all went up to Central State University in Ohio. Okay. HBCU and yeah. Wil- Wilberforce University was right next door. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know, and we had a great time up there. It was fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, I didn't go to some of them classes, but you know. <laughs> It, Mike went to his classes. But, you know how they go. I was a little bad boy. So, you know how they go. And and so and so with that, you know, exposing the uh, exposing our community to HBCU mm-hmm. schools, also um, uh, helping with um, promotion of those schools so kids can go on tours. So they're when they're thinking about college, they're not just thinking about I'm going to go to OU or NC or yes. OSU. They're saying, okay, do I want to go to Howard? Do I want to go to Hampton? Yeah. Do I want to go to Spelman? So that way you're not thinking, well, these schools are substandard. 
that's not the case at all. Uh, a lot of my friends, their parents, for example, I was um, one of my friends, Bill Cosby's son. Mm-hmm. Ian Cosby, he got murdered, but you know, you're dealing with kids who have very, very large means, and sometimes mm-hmm. I think there's a perception if you go to an uh, HBCU school. It's going to be the, the the education standard is subpar, so, which is yeah. not at all. Yeah. If anything, it's elevated. It, isn't it, it really is because yeah. one of the things that I was telling telling my sons is you go into an HBU school, the the perception of you having to deal with that that I call it the race issue, that you don't write as well, you don't think as fast. I said all oh, that mess is thrown out the window, because your teacher knows you by name. And if you're not in class, they're calling you they're saying, calling, what, what, where, you what, where you at? You're not in class. What's going on? And they, wow. they, we have, we, I can remember many classes that we had, would have conversations, not just about the, the text, what's in the textbook, but what's behind the textbook of how do you deal with issues in life wow. that can put you further ahead compared to your, your counterpart. And so that's one of the things about it. And then having that, what I call that yard experience. Every, Being on a yard, huh? Every HBCU has a yard, Ooh, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what we're attempting to do with not only increasing alumni uh, participation of the HBCU, but having that love of that yard experience where you know at new, uh, Fridays at noon, no matter what school you went to, you knew at noon that's where you want to be. From 12 to 1, you got to be at the yard. <laughs> be at the yard, yeah. For me, my yard was not only at Morehouse, but Spelman. I had to be at Spelman Manly Center at noon because that's when you had to be there. Activity took place there, huh? You had your pen and your paper, Uh and you taking notes. (laughs) 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 What was happening around there? (laughs) (laughs) I know. And then then the football games. Oh yeah, football games and fraternities. All all that, all of that taking place, huh? And so it's that networking that you that you have that you don't. and I can't talk about going to um, a predominantly white university, but I know that from my experience, oftentimes talking with cats who didn't go to an HBCU, they have more of a competitive nature that they don't understand. But mm. if, I, if I meet someone with an HBCU, I'm like, ain't no trip, whatever. We know when it's time to get down, I got your back. But other cats are like, you know, who are, who are you? What are you trying to do? I'm like, uh, dude, just, just back yeah. up. Wow. It's, so it's some, of, some of that, but... And that's why I want to just expose Tulsa to um, HBCU schools as well as corporations because all these, a lot of these corporations around here are always talking about, well, we just can't find any qualified African-American people. Well, Qualified, huh? Yeah, it's, yeah. Always that, it's always that Q word when you're talking about African-American right. employees. Right. So this is an opportunity as well as we grow this out so uh, corporations that are saying they're looking for uh, African-American candidates, a great tie-in saying, well, you're getting well-educated. African American folks who went through school, and this is your opportunity to reach out to them as well. Oh, that's wonderful! So, yeah. is this the first? Very first. This is one. the first one. Very first. Man, are you gonna, gonna is nice. this going to be a yearly thing, a quarterly thing? How are you going to do it? Trying this? to do it as an annual event where you bring your grill, your food, your cooler, your tent, your chair, and we have some music. We have a dominoes and spade tournament going on. Oh, sucky, sucky! And now. so just <laughs> just having that love of the field, and yeah. as, we, as we grow it out, yeah. maybe we get some live music where we have two stages going mm. on, and that really that mm. I call that home that homecoming field. That's where I'm trying to mm. create. And so, so what what are some of the HBCUs that you kind of like invited and sororities and fraternities that you told to come out? Um, we have the the Deltas, the the um, the AKAs. We have the uh, 
the alphas, the, the Qs, um, Kappa. the Kappas, all, all we reached out to and let them know that what, what's going on. Um, and then we put a general blast out to the community for all those who attended HBCUs, mm-hmm. and, and they've been you know, blown, responding, responding huh? and say, yeah, we definitely want to be there. If not, we'll be there late, and we want to just participate and just kind of hang out. And that's one thing I, I hear in Tulsa, that there are very few places that – by and large, African American people can get together and just kind of hang, let, yeah, let your hair yeah, down, yeah. and not not feel like yeah. oh, who's you got music yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah. that going on too. Like huh? Mohawk Park used to be back yeah, in the back, early back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's that's yeah. what it's about. Just let's just hang out and have some food and have some fun. What and, time does it start? Uh, we'll start at six, but you can definitely come early and get your spot because we've already have at least three hundred to four hundred people already RSVP. So we know oh, it's going to be oh, it's going to be. Yeah. I'm a miss- yeah, you won't so. even be here, will you? I'll be at that. I'll be in Idabel, Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> Idabel, Oklahoma. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna be down there. Yeah, I'm gonna find, find me a real. I'm gonna find me a rib or something. Somebody's gonna be like, man, come on, man, hit me up on one of these ribs. You know, it should be fun and stuff like that. You know. Yeah. So we have some t-shirts out there. You can. Oh, wonderful! It's open to the public, right? Open to the public. Anybody can come set up, or anybody can come set up. And And barbecue grill and stuff. Barbecue grill and you can you can come early and just have it all day. It's gonna be open all day. We'll have the stage set up early that morning and. Oh, wonderful! Just just have a just have a good time. Location? Uh, B.S. Roberts Park. Uh, Which is where? It's on 914 North Greenwood Avenue, directly across the street from Langston University. Right. That. That's the park right That's there. The, yeah, yeah. The, park. the park needs mm-hmm. to be utilized yeah, more. Yeah, it does. Right. Activities like that. Mm-hmm. It's right there on Greenwood. Yeah. Isn't that where they yeah. set up the uh, last little concert? Is that what you're talking about? No. Where well, we the, 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 the Juneteenth concert is on further down. Oh, okay. This is going to be across the street from Langston University. You know what Langston oh, is? Oh, I know BS, exactly. BS okay, Roberts Park, okay. right and across the Church street. First Baptist is right up the street, right? Yeah, it's okay. not too far. Yeah, yeah, not exactly. too far, okay. but it's yeah, like no. right there. Yeah, okay, I know where it is. BS Roberts Park. Yeah. And, and the funny thing is, now that maybe we have so many people, I'm thinking like, well, maybe I should have moved it where Juneteenth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you're going to be but bombarded. That's okay, yeah. I think you, yeah, that's, that's good. a wonderful thing. Because you know we like to be bombarded. Yeah, yeah. we do. We like to be all squinched up and stuff like that. We love that. Yeah, we do. So it may be a good thing. For you. Oh yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, we'll want to make wow, it just an annual event where just yeah. we'll, maybe next year we'll put together that that barbecue real barbecue component and then real music, make it like blues and barbecue or something. Yeah, something right. that yeah. yeah it's the first nice. one, man, yeah. first annual one. So yeah. I know you're looking forward forward to it, and it's all yeah. set up and ready to go. Yeah, it's just a matter of this Saturday. This Saturday. This Saturday. Yeah, yeah this we'll, Saturday. we'll have the farmers market uh, starting at nine, nine? and then okay. we'll just kind of be there all day. Farmers market oh, shut down so and cool. until six that evening. Yeah. Huh? Oh, six, that's so. so cool. Yeah, and you're doing an evening, so around this time it'll still be popping off. Mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah, it'll be cool and stuff. Yeah, like, that was yeah. my concern because I said, you know, Tulsa, it, it can be smoky hot. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So you're gonna go from six to what? Uh, six to eleven. Oh, six, six to eleven. Yep. You got yep. lighting mm-hmm. out there. We got some lights. Got some lights yep, out there. Yep. Light it up. Yep, we're gonna oh, light it up. Got some, gonna got some bug. I'm gonna take me some bug spray. Yeah, I definitely don't wear a whole thing. <laughs> right. Huh? I'm gonna spray myself from a rooter to the two. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Make sure it has deep. Yeah, right, right. I'm gonna <laughs> spray myself up. Yeah. I'm gonna hug somebody. I'm gonna be smelling like some, some off. <laughs> Bobby, Ooh, you smell like some off. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I'm gonna be doing. Yeah, yeah, new flavors, baby. Because I know they're gonna be biting, so. Yeah. But it's gonna be that's fun, okay. though. Yeah, it'll be fun and stuff. Did they get a cut over there yet? 
Uh, not yet. That they promised me that it was going to be done today. I haven't driven by today, so okay. hopefully, I told them I said, "If you cut and bail, it can't be just cut. It needs to be rolled up you, in there." That's right. Hundreds that's and hundreds right. of people yeah, coming out I, there. I yeah. So they're on them. Man, so. I got thousands, uh, about a thousand people going to come out. Yeah, there. yeah. yeah. So, you know, so we yeah. gonna we gonna do it and do yeah, what we if do. They don't come out. We pulling out lawnmowers. That's <laughs> exactly right. I mean, uh, they bags. So and charge the city. Yeah, exactly right. So they they got their they got their marching orders to get it all done <laughs> yeah man it's, i'm looking okay. forward to that i like events i know? do too and yeah. I, I like the fact that you know it's more for us to participate in yes you know mm-hmm. white folks they always got their yeah. thing going but we need things mm-hmm. like this every weekend you know that, yeah. that we can take our kids to that yes. they can really enjoy and and get some good good wisdom and culture yeah. and fun yeah. since we're yeah. talking about events we got an event coming up uh it's going to take place on august the 21st uh at edgerick of tulsa yes. and uh back to school festival where mm-hmm. we give out those backpacks mm-hmm. to all of those uh kids and so going mm-hmm. back to school last year we gave away about 700 Wow. Yeah, we yeah, did. We, we did. did. Mm-hmm. About mm-hmm. 700 backpacks. On the 21st? On the 21st September? of this month. Yeah. Or of August. Of August. Oh, okay, because yeah, the twenty first of school, September is the Edurex, um fundraiser. Yeah, that's another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's another thing coming event. Up. Is that the twenty first too? Yeah, it's the twenty first of September. Yeah. So well, yeah. I know August twenty first. Uh, we got the back to school thing Are going. Are we doing it again at the? Um... Out at Edurex. Oh, okay. Out at Edurex. Okay. Out at Edurex okay. again. So. Gonna be out there, and it was a lot of people last night. Yeah, Give away free hot dogs and stuff for the kids, mm-hmm. and so we're gonna be out there doing that. Like a little jazz dancers and doing then, their thing, and then we got the <laughs> awards banquet, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. That awards banquet. Uh, you gonna be hosting it again? Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. and that's uh, what I mean. The twenty first. You Me and, and uh, uh, attorney. Ch- I just know him as White Chocolate. White Chocolate. <laughs> He's going to be there. and uh, Scott, you know, Scott, Scott. That's, that's Scott, what it is, yeah. Scott. <laughs> Scott's going to be there, and uh, that's festive and right there. Yeah. It's kind of, that's, semi, that's formal. Semi-formal, yeah. Semi-formal yeah. event, you yeah. know. I won that yeah. one year. I was going to say, we have to do the James Brown thing again. Nah, you know, I did James Brown. Yeah. And won the whole competition. Yeah. I was, that, was my, was dancer. my go-go dancer. Yeah. And Ramal, <laughs> Ra- Ramal was my hype man, you know. <laughs> yeah. Which um, one did you do? I did uh, Sex Machine. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I say, fellas, I'm going to get up and do my thing. You know what I mean? I'm going to get into it, man. You know, like a sex machine. Yeah. One, two, three, no, four. You know, get up, get on up. You know what I mean? I was having fun we with that thing. We had so much fun. I was we having so much fun. They was liking it, man. They was just dancing. <laughs> and Bobby with his bald head had a little wig on. I had, we, I had a James Brown wig on. Oh, it was funny, man. It was that a was lot funny. of fun. So yeah, I want to put the word out, too. It's yeah. very important. It's a good fundraiser yeah. for Edurec, which is a very good program, too. Yeah. Edurec. Mm-hmm. Education and recreation. That's, and that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Charles Harper and Damali Wilson, mm-hmm. two great people out yeah. there doing good things in the mm-hmm. community. Yeah. You know, and... Uh, 36th Street uh, Event Center. Yeah, and also the Sickle Cell uh, uh, Company with Miss Velvet mm. and her husband, Jeremiah Velvet Watts. Okay. And we, they're all putting this together. So we're coming mm. together as a team. And uh, I think they're letting uh, Eaton Media Services handle the entertainment. Oh, wonderful. And they're doing some other stuff. And it's just a uh, yeah. good festive Mm-hmm. Uh, day, but get your festive, get your eat, get ready, get your eat on this Saturday. Ooh. This Saturday is HBCU, HBCU barbecue, barbecue. Cook, 
Oh, oh man. Uh, say, say, Bill, so if somebody needed to get in touch with you, how could they yes. get in touch with you? Uh, we got a Facebook page, HBCU Barbecue. So just go on the Facebook, HBCU he Barbecue, and you can instant message me, and I'll get back right with you right away. All right, man. Hey, yeah. well, I want to thank you, bro, for taking time out no to come thing. on the Bobby Eaton Show. My pleasure. Mm-hmm. My pleasure. Yeah, and this is where we tell our stories mm-hmm. our way. We're going to have you back again. Yeah, we're going to get you back up in no, here, man. Yeah, right. we, we didn't get to talk about politics yet. Yeah, right. Right. We, we didn't, get into, get there we didn't even get into yeah. the politics. <laughs> All right, bro. Hey, thanks for coming out. Okay. Great. Well, hey, Sansari, we had a great time with uh, Bill, you know, and uh, we're going to just be going to that. I'm going to that deal this weekend. Don't rub it in. I'm rubbing in. I'm going. Don't rub it in. I'm going to call you and have a reel in my hand, and I'm going to be going live, Facebook live, and looking at you. Look here, Sansari. Yeah, you know no, 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 no. And I'm, I mean, I'm gonna get Facebook Live out in the country, yeah, out right. there looking home. <laughs> I'm gonna show you the street they named my grandma. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Until the next time, we want you to have a good one. Okay. Yeah. And blessings, everyone. And so we begin on the radio tonight. Good night. Good night.